hello everyone and welcome to episode 116 of game time with manny as always i am here with matt hello um and yeah as i said previously we don't really have much news and there wasn't much anyways uh so we'll talk a little bit about that and then one game that i played that i need to speak out loud about and uh, then we'll get right into our game of the year categories awesome i'm Mm -hmm. uh do you want to i do you want to quickly hear a story that i just uh read last night that i i didn't even know this existed i just thought it was crazy kind of crazy yeah sure go ahead okay uh several years ago i like this is several years ago a family guy had like this one episode i don't know if you heard this but they like showed clips from a a video game double dribble Uh, no so so where they got the clip is they just went on to youtube and just found some like random youtube video and just like basically interspliced that video into the episode itself okay then like three four hours after the the episode aired fox then sent a dmca to the the youtuber for copyright infringement because they used the clip from their video from one of the from family guy holy shit yeah it's it's crazy i would recommend like this is from like 2016 or something but like it's it's a crazy story and i was like jesus christ imagine like just one day manny you get like an email saying that you copyright something because somebody uses like they didn't tell the youtuber they were using this video they just used the video and then just dmca them wow yes the the youtuber should have dmca'd fox (laughs) yes uh that's just (laughs) yes It, it just shows how much power these like major corporations have with YouTube where they can just claim DMCAs and you're just fucked as a YouTuber. Just yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. It is. But that, that's just like, that's the worst when they use your clip and then they claim it's their property. Just crazy. Woof. Uh, anyway, uh, we can now get into uh, the news, which I accidentally closed our Google Doc, so I got uh, Cyberpunk sold thirteen million over thirteen Ooh, million. Yes, copies. I, that's that's good news, Manny. That's really good news for yeah for everyone. Yes, um, that apparently that's in spite of all the re- refunds as well. Oh, really? Wow! So uh, congratulations. They probably made almost a billion dollars. Um. <sighs> I mean, they made mm-hmm. back their development cost on the first day, yes. which is good for a developer. Um, but in this case, I don't think it's good because it kind of just like perpetuates this garbage that keeps happening. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, a lot of that is just, I mean, people pre-ordered this game assuming it was going to be a masterpiece, mm-hmm. and this is exactly why people, why like I don't pre-order anything. I mean, I pre-order everything still, but it's just because I don't want to go somewhere. Uh, well, here's the thing. I just, I, if I pre-order, I just wait until, like, reviews come out. And, like, like Last of Us, I waited until pre-reviews came out. I pre-ordered it. I downloaded it. I, I had it ready. I mean, I was able to pre-order it a couple days before. I mean... Yeah, but, I mean, usually I know if I'm going to yes. play a game or not. Like, I would have, even if Cyberpunk sucked shit, I still would have paid for it because... I mean, even with all the reviews and seeing that. Oh, like, yeah, because I got to know. Yeah, exactly. Gotta, You're the type of person know, I've got to know. Yeah. Where, like, I, I try to just kind of wait until reviews and then I will make a decision. 
mm-hmm. which is which exciting. is a smart way to do it. Yes, yes, uh, because otherwise I would have. There, there are games I would have absolutely pre-ordered this year and then been disappointed about. So, mm-hmm. but you're the type you're going to get your money's worth out of Cyberpunk regardless. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, where like Watch Dogs, you shouldn't have pre-ordered that. I'm just going to tell you. Mm-hmm. No, I should not have got that. But I wanted to get it. Mm-hmm. I needed. I wanted to see, and I played it for like an you, hour. And said, I was going to oh, say you didn't no. even see. You could have seen everything you wanted to see from reviewers on that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey i needed to experience the mediocrity with my own eyes yes um speaking Control of pre-ordering are you ready to pre-order a kfc console mini uh no but i do need to know what is happening with the kfc marketing team <laughs> i feel like we talk about them a lot more than i know <laughs> someone has let them go off the motherfucking rails in the past couple of years like there was the dating sim that i played that was free and they put out there to advertise specifically just the mac and cheese famous bowl mm-hmm. that's what the whole game was advertising it's fucking crazy that that's what that was. And then they like, they just put out that lifetime original movie uh, with Mario Lopez that I still have not watched yet, but I'm going to, I'm on break this coming week or two weeks and I'm, I can't wait to watch that. Uh, and then like, yeah, they, I told you in the CNN article, I was reading about this console. There were KFC Crocs mm-hmm. uh, and they just keep putting out weird, bizarre shit like this. So this is a KFC themed console that is basically just like a computer, more or less. that has an i9 in it and it also has a, a chicken compartment <laughs> so you can keep your chicken warm. It's like taking the George Foreman grill PS3 to its logical next step i think god that's people are not gonna clean that that's gonna turn into a fire hazard right uh i don't i don't know but like this is the kind of shit that seems like it would be an april fool's joke yes like initially that's what i thought it was but like i'm being serious because it's almost christmas so it's not it's not april fool's because, like, I am genuinely concerned about, like, the... Because people are going to put their, like, greasy chicken fingers or whatever in there. And, like, KFC is just grease. Like, let's be realistic here. I, like, this is just going to be bad. I don't know. I, it shouldn't even exist. It's just no. a computer. Like, that's what I think is funny about it. Like, I, the, the fact that it is, like, a real thing is fucking wild. Is it going to run on, like, Microsoft or, like... Uh, I I don't know. It just it has like a very good Intel CPU that is like an i9. It uh, has a small Asus GPU in there that you can hot swap out. So you could make it better. And it also has like a and I don't know if you know what NVMe SSDs look like, but they're basically like sticks of RAM more or less, which Mm. is like what the PS5 and the Series X have. and so it's basically just like a stick of RAM, but it's a terabyte one. So it is the same size SSD as the PS5. Yeah, I mean, it sounds powerful, but I mean, if it's just like if it's running on Linux or something like you're going to be limited to like zero games. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, so I d- it doesn't really say what operating system it uses, but it seems like it's going to end up being better than the Steam machine that was made like five years ago or whenever that was. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be better than most of those steam machines that came out, but like, I, you know, I don't know. It does not say anything about the operating system. So who knows, but it's not going to be like developers aren't going to like advertise like, oh yeah, where it's out on the KFC console. Cause it's just, it's just a PC. Like there's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's got a chicken warmer for those of you who need that. You know, I have everyone I know. You're the one who would be most likely to get this. I feel like. I would be the most likely to get this. <laughs> I would also be the person most likely to need it because yes. I eat a lot of chicken. Uh, but it just nothing is appealing to me about putting the chicken in the console. Yeah, yeah. And also from KFC, I usually get a famous bowl. I was gonna say you you don't get chicken from KFC. So yeah, if I I mean when Popeyes releases a console, call me up. I'll get it. I'd put some, maybe. Well, I feel like if I put some Popeyes chicken in there, they'd get upset at me. Uh, in your KFC console, yeah, but also like what I. So like the way they use it in these things is like you're putting your KFC in there to keep it warm, but like I'm not gonna save my fast food chicken for later. <laughs> like I'm gonna eat it right then, or I'm not gonna eat it because mm-hmm. it's fast food chicken. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, yes, I, I just don't understand how this the marketing, the marketing team is on is <laughs> they need to be roped back in somebody, somebody call them back to base. Like we're it's if, out of control. What if this isn't real and this is just like some major marketing? <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, I would love to be the marketing person for KFC, <laughs> apparently, because uh, they're doing a lot of stuff that I can really get behind. And like, oh, this is so fucking dumb. Let's let's do it. Would I'm you feel intimidated it. that you can't come up with better ideas than they're already coming up with, though? I mean, yes, definitely. Like if <laughs> someone had paid me to come up with a Lifetime movie, I yes. never would have cast Mario Lopez. As no, no. Uh, <laughs> Or make... I mean, like, I don't know. I would just make a KFC porno. I would just sure, sk- yeah. skip the Lifetime movie, move right to the Colonel Sanders porno. People would buy that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, make a Colonel Sanders uh, fighting game. Sure. Or maybe a beat-em-up where they fight, like, kings and clowns. Yeah. And maybe, like, uh, chihuahuas and stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, Perfect. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, KFC's off the rails. I don't. Jeez, mm-hmm. something's going on over there. Um, yeah, I don't. That's pretty much it for the news. Which we did cut the news a little short because uh, I mean there wasn't anything else, anyways. There wasn't anything, and we're like uh, doing this on Wednesday rather than our typical Friday, so it's a couple days yeah, short. Yeah, yeah. Um, games. I've just been playing Assassin's Creed, and I did one hundred percent Spider Man. Nice. I will. I will definitely like do a new game plus of that at some point. But I think at this point, I would just wait until I get a PS5 Mm-mm. because like the PS4 version is like like it'll. I get the PS5 version with the PS4 version. Yes. Uh, so like I might as well just kind of wait and do a new game plus on that, and then mm-hmm. I can experience the better version. I will say like I forgot to mention this before. Like every time I see Peter, I'm just like, "Whoa, this is." I'm just yes, not ready I for don't, this. I don't like it. <laughs> I do not like new Peter. No, it's 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 just just so different. I, I'm I'm not ready for it. Anytime I see it, fucking de-aged, and I don't like it. It's just really weird. So, um, so yeah, I 
I played a lot of cyberpunk uh, while I was dunking on it last episode. They released the patch. Mm hmm. It was 17 gigs. Don't worry. It still crashes. Oh, no. Uh, but less frequently, maybe. The only times I've been playing it, I am not in the city. And it usually doesn't crash when I'm not in the city anyway. So I don't really know. But I've been playing a lot of Genshin Impact. And this other game that I played to completion, Lair of the Clockwork God. Mm-hmm. And I... Oh, boy. This game... The concept of it should be appealing to me, uh, but then I should have known within the first, let's say, 10 minutes that it was not going to appeal to me, uh, but I bought it with my PlayStation credit. Uh, so no refunds. Obviously, it's not cyberpunk. You can't get a refund. Right. Uh, and the concept of this game, which you played a little bit of and got a refund on Steam. Yes. Uh, is... There are, you play as two characters, Ben and Dan, and Ben is a point-and-click adventure game character, and Dan is a platformer. And so a lot of the puzzles revolve around you switching between the two characters uh, to solve puzzles and things like that. And it is breaking the fourth wall a lot um in ways that is like they live in this world where characters are based on like what types of games they are from and they live their life according to that like dan refuses to read anything mm -hmm. and will only jump on things whereas ben is all about reading and hot lore and stuff um and that joke gets old immediately i mean it's a really neat interesting concept but like outside of that concept it didn't get interest me too much uh no and so like at the <sighs> beginning I, I don't know at the beginning i was like more expecting it to be something i was into and then the further it went on the more i was like oh no um so it, it's definitely made by british people mm-hmm uh, so the humor is like very dry in a way that a lot of british humor is but like it's also a lot more vulgar than most uh like american u.s based humor things are so like i had to tweet about i had to tweet this because i could not believe it was a thing that was happening so there is a stage later in the game oh sorry the apocalypse happens uh and you go underground to reboot the computer that can save the world from the apocalypse in order to do that you have to teach it emotions mm -hmm. so it keeps you collect ram to go into these weird constructs to give emotions and I, I don't remember what emotion this was uh but the the goal of it is to get inside a club uh and you have to be cool enough and the only way you can get into the club is like twitter users vote that you are cool enough and so to start it off you like they basically say you have to both be wearing bras and you have to dance really well. Okay. So like you're trying to do all the stuff to collect bras, which is weird in the first place because that's what makes you cool. Um, but at the very beginning of the stage, there is a booth that's called the wank off booth. Oh, good. And so they go in, people just go in there to jerk it. Right. Um, and so this weird, really lanky guy comes out and then starts vaping near there. Mm -hmm. And he's a youth. So like they are old and they don't understand him. So his dialogue is all really weird and he's just standing there vaping. Um, but 
you with Dan, you get upgrades and a lot of those are gotten through crafting. Uh, and so like in the beginning, you get comp- you combined boots with these two like dead balloon animal carcasses and that allows you to double jump. Matt, do you know how you get the wall climb ability? I I don't remember if I got that. You part. have gloves mm-hmm. that you bring into the jerk off station and get cum all over them. Oh. And that is your wall climb ability. No. Cum gloves. Now, is, is that a case of like only one of them can use it, right? Yeah, only Dan can use the cum gloves. Yeah, I figured. Uh, so you're clinging to walls and you can wall jump, but it's because of gloves that have come on them. Mm-hmm. And that was the point where I was like, I one, I'm too far in to stop now because this game's not very long. And two, this game is so not for me at all. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is the only video game I've ever played with cum gloves. So, you know, take that as you will. Take that as you will. And the ending is not very good. I didn't like the ending. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I played this, as as you said, like I didn't care for it. And I was like, I don't want to just sit here like shitting on a game. So I just didn't even bother talking about it. But like I, you played it enough that I guess you needed to talk about it. So I had to say this on the podcast. I, if we I, had to, someone's everyone's got to know about the cum gloves, because what the actual fuck is that? What the actual fuck is that? Now, I do have one question for you. Uh huh. Now, how do you feel about when you go to a drive through and then someone needs to stare at the menu and try to figure out what they want to order? Oh, my fucking God, <laughs> Matt. It is the worst thing ever. And I want to active, I want to get out of my car and I want to beat the person to near death. <laughs> because I always know exactly what I want. And so this happens. So the taco, every taco bell has been perfectly designed to have the worst drive through ever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's fucking terrible. And I am always at taco bell. And usually I order on the app because then I don't have to fucking interact with the person. I don't have to hand them money or a credit card and they can just hand me my food and I can leave because it's easier. And you just go up to the goddamn thing and you say, Hey, I placed an online order and they say, cool. Is this it? And you say, yup. And they say, pull ahead. And it takes 10 seconds and you're fucking waiting in the line for over 10 minutes because some asshole can't figure out what type of smoothie they want. (laughs) It's a fucking Taco Bell. Order your shit and get the fuck out. They removed half the menu. Yeah. What is there to choose from? I can't stand it, man. And every time I go to a drive-thru, this shit happens. And it's like, we're at a Dunkin' Donuts and all you ordered was a single coffee. What the (laughs) actual fuck took that long, my man? Now, I will say, you get the quesaritos, right? A beef quesarito, yeah. Because that usually takes a little bit long. That always would take like a little longer than that. Oh that. no, no time at all. But you you yeah. order it through the app, so that makes even sense. if I don't, mm-hmm. it is ready by the time I get to the window. Oh wow, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, here's just a, before we get into the categories, I do have one like that was just because I saw your tweet. And I, I know, uh, but I do have one more question about uh, fast food that I've been. Yes, about. okay, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. You, like you decide, like all right, I just don't want to cook. I'm gonna get fast food. 
Yes. What is the number of cars before you just say, fuck it, I am not getting McDonald's or whatever? Uh, well, apparently I don't follow that at Taco Bell uh, because I just, I, I don't know. Uh, I It's not a number of cars. It's just like if I am waiting in the line and it has taken more than five minutes mm-hmm. and we have not moved at all and I'm at the end of the line, I'm out of there. Okay. Because for me, if I see like four or five cars i usually just say which i don't eat fast food anymore but i'd always yeah. just go like i'm not gonna get mcdonald's burger king is like open mcdonald's has like five cars so i'm just gonna go to burger king type of thing so yeah no so usually i have it in my head what i want mm. because then you can just get up to the fucking window and oh. say it uh here's but here's the thing like i know what i'm uh, gonna get at mcdonald's i know what i'm gonna get at taco Bell. well no ex- exactly, burger exactly. King. so i don't I know i don't need to like think about it it's just a case of oh McDonald's is busy. I'll just get Burger King, which I'll just get, you know, a Whopper at Burger King. Like, that's what I never understand is like, if you were, when I make the conscious decision to get fast food, Mm -hmm. I know what I'm going to get at each place. Usually I have something that I get most of the time anyways, but even if I was going to get something different, I went there with the specific thing to get that. I, I, I don't know that I've ever gotten to a menu and been like, oh, shit. That, what do that you guys goes, have? That goes further for restaurants. Like, I typically know, like, you tell me we're going to the Texas Roadhouse. I know what I'm going to order before we even get there. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I I, I guess you and I are on the same page. Uh, we're on the same page with that. And, like, I get I get it at a restaurant. Sometimes people got to look at the menu. Well, it's That's fine. It's I understand. Yeah, and if it's new. But, like, a fast food place, like, this isn't your first fucking time at the Taco Bell Rodeo, my guy. Just fucking order the Baja Blast and get the fuck out. Uh, oh, jeez. So, you, you know what's worse than that, Manny? What? Tuna fish. Tuna fish. Yeah, you don't like tuna fish. I like tuna fish sandwiches, uh, but I would not get a tuna fish sub as you got today. Yeah. On accident. Uh, yeah. Like, it, I wouldn't even say, like, I, I don't like tuna fish. Mm-hmm. I would go as far to say I had to smell tuna fish today and it ruined my night. <laughs> that's how negative I feel about tuna fish. Wow. Then that sucks, truly. Yes. Like, and any I'm other sub, because, like, I ordered a turkey and they gave me tuna. If they give me ham or, like, roast beef or, like, a steak and cheese or a meatball by accident just like any other sub i would have been like well this is a little disappointing because i'm trying to eat healthy but like getting tuna i was just devastated just devastated oh man i got taco bell tonight Mm. (laughs) and i ordered online Mm. and it did not take very long i actually ordered online while i was waiting for the car ahead of me (laughs) well they you know you got it, Baja Blast or regular Mountain Dew. It's the hardest decision. I know. I don't even life. get. I don't even get beverages at fucking Taco Bell anymore. So you know, so it, whatever. It's a tough, tough decision, Manny. You just and we, we, we're not even going to get into the self checkout at the local supermarket. <laughs> um, but I think we're ready to move into our actual categories, right? Yes, yes, we are. Uh, we did discuss doing like a debate style. Uh, we decided not to just because, like, we have such different tastes mm-hmm. to the point where, like, I bet, like, there's, like, little to no overlap. I would bet that there is maybe a tiny bit of overlap. I think sense. music, we might have some overlap. That one, I think, is maybe. possible. Um, but for the most part, we're just not going to have any overlap. So rather than just, like, ha- get into some arguments, we're just going to eat. We both just kind of came up with a list of three. 
Mm-hmm. Except for the old games of the year, I did I did do five. I'm cheating there just because. Oh I, wow! I had to. I had to really stretch to get three. Oh, I could I could do a top ten if you want. I could have done a top one, mm. and that was about it. And then I had to really um, reach. I think. Well, we'll see what. Uh, what yeah, what I could have said Shenmue. Okay, so I didn't want to put that. Uh, why not? Because uh, it was so good that it can't <laughs> even qualify. I don't even know if I have Shenmue on my list, and I thought I ranked every game. I but see, I didn't play Shen, Shenmue. Shen, Shen, yeah, oh we no, play Shenmue three. Shenmue don't three. Worry. Never mind. It's twenty eighth on my list of old games. So okay, good. It, it's on the list. So good. Thank God. Twenty <laughs> eighth is pretty low as well. <laughs> okay, good. Mm-hmm. As it deserves to be. As it deserves to be. Uh, but are you ready to get into the categories, Manny? I am. Awesome. Um, the first, what well, I guess I'll run down the categories before we, we do it. Uh, we're going to be talking about the best old games. So our favorite old games that we played. So basically anything that didn't release in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, best music, a uh, best looking. So that's just going to be like artistic and like graphics and just like, uh, just like how the game looks, uh, best multiplayer, uh, best feel. So this is basically like best playing game. Like what games feel the best, mm-hmm. uh, biggest or best surprise, uh, biggest disappointment. This is our only negative category. Mm-hmm. Uh, best character, mm-hmm. uh, best story, and then best moment. I put the best character, story, and moment because those are like the three spoiler categories at the back. So if you want to stop listening, I would recommend just stop listening after like biggest disappointment if you're worried about mm-hmm. spoilers. So are you ready to hop into this, Manny? I am ready. I want to hear... Now, how do you want to do this? We both do three. We both do two. Like, you do three. I do three. You do two. You, I do two. How, or do you want to just go, you do three, two, one, and I do three? Uh, I guess we can just do one of us does three, two, one, and then the other one does three, two, one. Okay. So do you want to start with best old games? Uh, sure. I My number three is uh, Wind Waker HD, because mm-hmm. we played through the Wind Waker this year before yes, COVID struck. Yeah. Um, and I had never beaten wind waker before in its entirety i got to the final dungeon when i rented it and when i was sick as a child um and i really liked it back then and i'm glad that we played it again and we did it in hd because that game because it's cell shaded still looks really good and we played it on the wii u so i mean like you know also bonus you bought that game like seven years ago for like free basically and you finally had a reason to take it out of the shrink wrap yeah, I finally opened it. My $5 purchase justified. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. I just really like that game. I think it has a lot of like style. I do see now why a lot of people say it seems like it's not done. Um, because it has a lot of really weird shit. Even with the this HD version, like fixing some of the stuff that was weird. It definitely see You can definitely see where there were the two or three dungeons that were cut. Yes. Um. And like those are mostly intact and you can find all kinds of wild ass videos about that stuff. Um, and they're all very interesting. But yeah, I, I just like Wind Waker. I think it has a specific charm to it and it's like different enough with the boat and controlling the wind and shit that it it does a lot of good stuff, in my opinion. Uh, and so to continue the Nintendo train, number two is Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, oh, yes. Because Super Mario 3D All-Stars came out this uh, this year with Mario 64 
Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy. And I brought this to my friend Kelvin's house when I stayed with him for uh, a week or so. And we were he we usually play through some type of game together. And so I brought this that collection thinking like, oh, we could play through Mario 64. But he doesn't play games as often as I do anymore. And Mario 64 was really it was a real challenge. He was like upset about the camera because it's a fucking N64 game and they didn't modernize the camera. And he was having a lot of issues with it. And I was like, we're we can't play Sunshine. So let's let's try Galaxy because it'll be as modern as it can get and it still does feel very modern very good like i mean it basically controls the same as odyssey without cappy you know what i mean and he played he he completed odyssey 100 he got every moon so oh, like wow. um he really liked that game so we played through galaxy and i had already beaten galaxy before but i had never gotten all 120 stars before uh so we did that we did not fully complete it because once you do that, then you unlock Luigi and you have to get all 120 stars again. And then you can get the 121st star once you do that. Um, so we were not going to play the exact same stages again with Luigi. Right. Uh, but he does play differently. So it's it was cool to unlock Luigi and fuck with him because he like jumps higher than Mario, but he also has more momentum. So like he doesn't just like stop on a dime like Mario does. He kind of like slides a little bit and that really fucks you up um because you are not used to that happening it's like he's always on ice kind of right which is weird uh so that that was cool and it still has like really good orchestral mario music and stuff in it um but it does hold up still so if you are an idiot like me and you bought that 3d all-stars collection that game still holds up so you're not an idiot i mean there's like it's not going to be on sale for very long so you had to get on it i know because mario's (laughs) gonna die Mm -hmm. soon I mean, the, the, the digital to, scarcity, yeah. like, you, like <laughs> it's going to sell out many. I know the console version would have in theory. They sold it sold so many copies. Yes, it was fucking ridiculous. I mean, they are three good games, to be fair. Uh, yes, they are. I'm, I'm just making fun of the digital scarcity yes. part. of. They this. just uh, patched in the ability to use a GameCube controller in Mario Sunshine. Oh, so cool. that's pretty tight because it is definitely meant to be played with a GameCube controller because of the uh, the triggers on the GameCube controller. Um, In my number one best old game of the year, which I believe was my old game of the year last year, DJ Max Respect, but this time it's DJ Max Respect V because it's the Steam version. Ooh, and I played it for like 70 hours again this year on PC this time. Ooh. Uh, And a bunch of new DLC came out. They re-released all the old DLC from the PS4 version, and I bought all of it. Wow. So I own all the DLC on the PS4 version, and I own all the DLC on the Steam version. Um, And I've played it all. I have gotten a lot better. I can do okay at six-button difficulty now. And I have almost be- I, I have beaten every song except one uh, with a full combo and uh, S rank, which is the highest rank mm. in the basic four button difficulty. So that last song is the bane of my fucking existence. I hate Hampson. It's a terrible song, um, but I'll get there eventually. And if you want to buy it, it's uh, not you, Matt, but people in general. Uh, it is on sale on Steam for $17. Ooh. So you can get the base game, which has like 130 songs in it. Uh, and then when you realize how dope it is, maybe you'll buy the DLC. Yeah. I do have a couple questions for you. 
Yes, sir. Uh, why is Among Us not on the list? I mean, I know you how much you love that. Oh, fuck. That is an old game. Damn it. That would have uh, been a good joke. Yes. Uh, the other one is like more serious because I know how you are. Mm-hmm. Where's Tony Hawk? Oh, so I didn't count that as an old game in here. What, but you're not going to count it as a new game for the ten, the the ten for my for my top ten. But it will appear in other categories on this list. But like that doesn't. I'm confused. So it's not a new game, so I can't count in your top ten. But it's not an old game, so I can't count in this. <laughs> no, I well, it's so it has new features. Whatever, it's still the same game, but with new features. Okay? I'm just I'm just questioning your logic, Manny. Look, it has new music. Okay, that's all I'm saying. It's got new jams. So I, I just, I was wondering, because I thought that at least here you would at least give it some recognition. No, it's going to get recognition in multiple other categories. Okay. Don't okay. Worry about it. So you will talk about it at some point. I will talk about the Hawk, man. Okay, good. Um, now for this, as I said, I made a top five just because like there were five games that I really enjoyed, enjoyed this year that I had to talk about. At least five like old games that I had to okay, talk about. Okay, Among Us. Uh, no, no. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, um, now I'm gonna lump my four and five together and okay. just say like, because uh, I like, although they are totally very different games. Like, <clears throat> I wish I'd played these games last year in 2019 because I think both would have made my top ten list. Okay. Uh, so that that is why like I just want to mention these. Uh, number five is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Okay. Uh, I I'm, I know we talked about it quite a bit on the podcast, and yes. like we talked about how much I liked it, which mm-hmm. it seemed like I played it differently than everybody else in the universe. Oh, definitely, yes. Uh, where I just played it kind of like XCOM, where it's just like I mm-hmm. leveled up the characters, and I didn't talk to anyone, and I didn't do any of the school stuff, but I still <laughs> had a good time and beat it in like 25 yeah. hours. Oh, that's so short. That's I know. Great. It still blows my mind. <laughs> uh, and number four is uh, Resident Evil Two. Um, this would have definitely made my like probably hit my like top three and may have been my number one last year. It's a very good remake. Apparently, people love that shit. Yes. Um, which I don't know if you remember, but I was actually in the middle of playing it when yes. we did our top 10 list. I do remember. So that. like I was so close and I wish I had just played it a little before, uh, but I am now just kind of giving a heads up, uh, like a shout out to it. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a well-made remake. I don't know how much you know about it, but like one of my favorite uh, things about the game is like it has the map and you're just kind of going from area to area, collecting everything mm. on the map itself. It, like the area will be like red but then once you've collected everything, it turns to blue. Mm-hmm. So that's just really nice because you're like, okay, I know there's an item in this area. I need to just kind of look around and find, find. So like that way, you're able to co- kind of collect everything. And games like Resident Evil are it's so important to do that because they're such resource intensive games, like where like every bullet can count or like every healing item can count because they're very limited. So. It, it it it's very important to take your time and really just kind of look in every nook and cranny, which I know you like to do, Manny. Yes. Which like, how nice would it be if you played a game that the map told you that you didn't collect everything in that area? Yes, it is very good. I like yes. Metroidvanias that do that as well. Yes, and this like Resident Evil Two just felt like a Metroidvania in a mm. weird way because like you, what you're trying to do is you're just trying to get items to unlock new areas. So you're trying to get like bolt cutters because then you can just like run around and just like cut off all of the uh like all the chains or whatever or you're looking for a lock pick so then you can run around and just like unlock everything that you know but you can unlock with the lock pick so like uh 
I I don't know. I just really enjoyed the Resident Evil 2. I remember my one complaint, quote-unquote complaint, was I kind of wish that they had merged the two stories into one campaign rather than you playing the campaign twice as the two different characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's such a minor thing. And um, it, it, yes, Resident Evil 2... Uh, I think now I can say after playing Resident Evil 2, and then this year I played Resident Evil 3, I think I can say I'm a Resident Evil fan. Interesting. Uh, and all it took was not having tank controls. Oh. Because, oh boy, I tried going back to the remake of Resident Evil 1, and I just couldn't do it. I just, that felt too old where these remakes, they, they change enough to make it like, yes, I am. Well, I mean, that was a remake that came out on GameCube. So. Yes. But then they remade the remake or something? They did, yes. So, like, I don't know. Uh, very weird. Uh, and then my next three, my top three, I would say, mm-hmm. like, I know this is going to sound a little hyperbolic, but, like, uh, there's a platformer, Metroidvania, and just, like, an open world. I think, like, these are, like, three of the best games of, like, their genre like I mm-hmm. that I could think of. So, like, I was just really impressed with these three games. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three uh, is the platformer, and it's uh, Rayman Origins. Oh, my God. It's so good. It is a very well-made platformer. It's tight. It's difficult. Uh, I actually just bought Rayman Legends not that long ago. Oh, so I it's look, so good as well. I look forward to replaying that, which I, as far as I understand, Legends is a little easier. Uh, I don't remember. I just remember loving them both. Yes. I mean, like, I love the art style. I played the, this was the 360 version and you would never even know because like, just because the art style is so well done that you can't tell if that it's a, it's a Xbox 360 game. And maybe it was like up a little bit cause I was playing on my Xbox one, but still, I mean, it just, it, it's the, t- it's tight controls. It's just a well-made platformer. I, I, the airplane sequences are okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they didn't really bother me that much. And then I really loved those, like where you're like the speed running, uh, level, like challenge mm-hmm. levels. Mm-hmm. Like those were very difficult. They were very challenging, but like, and you'd have to just keep trying over and over again. But once you did, like you, you felt like you really accomplished something when you, when you, uh, like beat those levels. This was a, a very challenging and very fun platformer. I have not very positive things to say about the uh, Rayman origins. Yes, and Rayman Legends is excellent as well. Yes. The sequel. So um my number two, I think this is one of the best games ever made. Mm-hmm. I know it's my number two and I and it but like um and that's uh Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh my god, Matthew, mm-hmm. these games are so good. I know, I'm telling you, like <laughs> uh, that's why I had to do five, because like my top three are just like these are just three excellent games. Uh, fucking, like, oh god, I love Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It is fucking I so I didn't play this when it first came out. I played it in college. It must have been twenty eleven. So you had a similar experience to what I had this year, where you're like, this is one of the this is probably like the best aged PS1 game ever made. Oh, it is a very good, it is very good, just in every aspect. Because in 2011, I'm sure it was amazing, and in 2020, it's still an amazing game. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I was just blown away by, like, I, I mean, graphically, it doesn't look great, but, like, the game design itself, it, if this was released in 2020, it would be in my top 10 list. 
And it's just it's still one of those things where like people always make jokes about like, but then you do that again and the castle's upside down and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but then you do it again. Yeah. And the castle's upside down. Like yeah. it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it like actually changes the way everything works and like it makes it different and like it's so much more content. Like, God, it's just it's so well done in like almost every regard, I think. Yeah, I mean, I just blown away that because like a lot of 90s games, you go like it was really good for the time. Yeah. Like Mario 64. That's a very difficult game to go back to. Yes, for sure. But like this, I mean, if this released on like Steam or something as just like an as like a Metroidvania, I people would be blown away by it today. I, I just I am blown away by how how well made this was. I mean, it is just so well designed and just just I I have oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It it's is so good. good. I, if you haven't played it and you like Metroidvanias, you have to give this a game a try. You just have yes. to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my number one is a game that I just won't. I can't shut up about Manny. I mm-hmm. talk about it. I feel like constantly. Crackdown three. Uh, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't count because I've already played that. So oh damn it. Um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Oh, you do love this game. That was this year. I I played through it this year. Yes. Damn. Uh, this year was long, Matt. It was a long year, which <laughs> I played. I got everything in this game, Manny. Did you also play the DLCs? I have the DLCs. I played one of them, but like then I just wanted to take a break because I knew that Ghost of Tsushima was coming up. And then I knew Watch Dogs was coming out. And then I knew uh, AC Valhalla was coming out. And then I knew that uh, uh, Mortals Phoenix Rising was coming out. So I was like, I have a lot of open world games. So I don't want to burn myself out on mm-hmm. like a DLC. So I will I will absolutely go back and play the DLCs. Because uh, yeah, people always rave about the DLC for that game. Like say it's a really good. So I mean, everything about this game I think is excellent. The, the yeah. combat, it is the best combat in an Assassin's Creed game. It's just so visceral and you just like you're beating the shit out of people with the cane. And it's just it's a perfect open world size where it's mm-hmm. not too bloated. It's just like you're just in the city of London and you're running around London. And I just love that time period, Victorian England time period. You get the it's fun to just climb. Uh, I think it's some of the best climbing where like everything just feels so polished in this game where like the the. The last trilogy of Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, they don't feel polished the, the way this game feels. I mm. think people, like especially reviewers, kind of got burned out on Assassin's Creed, and that's why it didn't necessarily review well. Mm. But like, if you're just going into this game as just like a fun open world game with great combat, fun traversal, it, it, it is excellent. I, I can't say enough positive positive things about this game it is one of my favorite ubisoft games that i've ever played nice yes so i actually have two ubisoft games in my top three so oh rayman is an ubisoft yes game. it is i that's my favorite ubisoft game. wow really Prob- probably you, origins or legends or do you kind of put them like oh uh, they're they're i kind of put them together because legends has a lot of levels from origins right, in it right. as well so it's like I mean, they're very similar, but yes, I would are. say Legends probably just because it's like that. It's like Origins, but just with more content. So mm. very good. Yes. But yes, I uh, if if someone were to like legitimately ask me if they want to like give Assassin's Creed a try, I would I think I would recommend Syndicate out of any of them just because I, I do think it like it perfectly encapsulates what Assassin's Creed can be. 
uh, because like the stealthing is fun. The combat is, oh my God, I just love the combat because it's similar to, it's more like the Arkham combat where you're like, you're hitting. It is, yeah, which that's why I, I, that's why I am so hesitant to ever try one of the new ones is because I like the old Assassin's Creed yes. combat. Uh, where this is definitely the most refined of all that. Like I understand like they were just copying it's just like small iteration from the from like previous, but like mm-hmm. this is the last time they did that, and it, it is definitely the best they've done. So yeah. which which I say that, and I haven't played Unity yet, mm-hmm. um, but like yes, I very very impressed with Syndicate, um, and that is my uh, that's that's my top five favorite games of uh, my fa- top five old games of uh, 2020. So mm-hmm. and now we are. Now we can move into uh, the categories, like the other, like the actual 2020 categories. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Manny, tell me about your top three music. My number three is from a game that I didn't even play, Ooh. but I listen to it all the time. The Doom Eternal soundtrack, baby. I fucking love Mick Gordon. Mm -hmm. I loved when he redid the Killer Instinct soundtrack. I fucking think that the original Doom 2016 soundtrack is tight as hell. And Eternal does the same thing. Uh, It's God, it's just so good. And it fucking shreds and it it gets me so amped up to listen to it. It's fucking awesome. Do you have any like, can you name any songs Uh, that you like? So, um... Oh, why can't I think of the gore nest is pretty tight. Mm. Uh, Gladiator. The only thing they fear is you is probably, <laughs> love, is probably is probably my favorite one. That's my favorite one as well. And I, I just it's love so it. good. I love the title as well. That's so. Fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably my favorite. Mm. And like, pretty, I mean, I like all the songs on the soundtrack. To yes, be honest yes. with you. Uh, I mean, like the remix he did of Rip and Tear from the first game is also very good for it. But the only the only thing they fear is you is like mm-hmm. oh, oh, master, yes. masterpiece shit. I yeah I, yeah. Spoiler: This is in my top three as well. Okay, nice. Uh, because, yeah, so I just everything about that soundtrack I love so much. Uh, yeah, I mean it just perfectly. And but you didn't play it; you just listened no, to it. I it, just listened to it, man. It just it, it it's hard to like say anything if you if you played 2016, it works the same exact way. I don't know if it's as good as 2016s. Mm. Uh, but like it just works perfectly with the gameplay because as like the guitars are shredding, you're like you're grabbing an uh, a demon's tooth <laughs> and stabbing it in the eye, and it's just, it's so metal. The entire game is so metal and so over the top, and that they get away with it because it is so over the top and it's so campy. It's like Mortal Kombat in that sense, and yeah, just, and it's so sad that he will not be doing it anymore. I know that, like, oh my, I don't, I don't think he did for the DLC, and I'm kind of yeah. curious how the DLC music was. Yeah, because they screwed him over and he got pissed off. So yes. like, I that sucks because I think he is a great composer. I so. wonder if like Microsoft could kind of mend some of those. Uh, mm, maybe, yeah. I wonder. I didn't think about that because I think it's more that was more of like a Zenimax thing than just a Doom like like id. I don't know. But I still I just think it's so funny because like they mixed his tracks differently to put in the game. Mm -hmm. And so like if you listen to the tracks from his YouTube channel, they're specifically titled like original mix. So that you know that they're the version he did. (laughs) I think it's so funny. (laughs) It's just like a yeah, get fucked. But that's the this is bullshit type thing so 
That is my number three. My number two is Hades, okay. uh, which I another one like anything Darren Corb does is fucking my shit. Like I all the super giant games he composes for all excellent. Um, Hades is the same. And I assume it works very similar to how the Doom soundtrack works for in game where like it really just is it shreds at times like when you are getting into the climax of a battle or when you're in a boss fight like it just it amps me up to fucking crush the boss and crush the enemies and then like when you're outside of battle or back at the the main base like it's just this it's just good melodic music i don't know i darren corb is fucking excellent and the fact that he is usually able to record it out of a fucking booth in his goddamn apartment is insane to me and a lot of it is him playing multiple instruments and stuff like the dude is just made of talent. It's fucking ridiculous. So everything he does is excellent. I don't know. I don't think it's my favorite one. Uh, I still think I like Bastion and Pyre more um, in terms of soundtracks, but it's just I think he always does excellent work. So there's that. And my number one makes sense and i accidentally wrote the wrong thing on here i accidentally wrote tonk hawk (laughs) but uh tony hawk pro skater one and two and i didn't put final fantasy 7 on here because it was just remixes of nobuo imatsu's music but Mm -hmm. i tony hawk they put new songs in there new jams (laughs) and these are all licensed tracks but dude i Tony Hawk is the reason that I like the music I like now is because it is all like punk and pop punk and ska shit. And it is so my jam, like Mm -hmm. fucking all the new songs they put in are excellent. uh, And they're all from like unknown bands, like fucking no one's ever heard of and shit. And then it still has the original soundtrack. So like obviously Superman by Goldfinger and shit like that. It just, God, it makes me want to skate. Yeah, like it just it makes me want to do the thing and it's one of those things where it's just like i'm always happy when i play that fucking game because the music is so sick and i love every i love every minute and it has some rap and stuff like it has some styles of beyond and i love styles of beyond it uh everything about everything about the tony hawk soundtrack is is my is my shit yeah, I, I'm the type of person I listen to podcasts a lot when I play video games. Like, mm-hmm. I get excited when I'm playing a game and it's like, this story is stupid and I don't care. I can ignore <laughs> it and I can just, I don't even listen to the in game music. I just listen to a mm-hmm. podcast. I listen to the in game music and totally. Oh, hell yeah, it. dog. You, 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 have, have, to. Oh, you have to. You, you have to. Do it. it would be a crime if you didn't. Like, I know, I'm so, right there with you. Oh. Like, the soundtrack is basically like synonymous <laughs> with like my my Spotify lists. You know, like yeah. it just it, it's just one and the same. Like, why even bother making a Spotify list when I would just make the Tony Hawk soundtrack anyways? So like, yeah, I listen to the Tony Hawk one and two soundtrack on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like, yeah, there's a, a playlist of those songs and I listen to that. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah, dude. And I, it's weird because like, I do listen to video game music, but I never do on Spotify, even though most of it is except for Tony Hawk. Cause it is like, it's just the kind of stuff I normally listen to. Like it is just real artists and stuff. Yes. So, so yeah, that is, that is my, that is my number one. Okay. And that's probably not surprising to anyone who knows me and knows my musical taste. So, you know. Yes. 
All right. My top three, uh, mm-hmm. not surprising to anyone. My number three is Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> what? No way. Yeah. Shocking. Um, yeah. Shocking. Uh, my number two is uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So, yes, this game does have excellent music from yes. what I have heard. Uh, I mean, the first one did, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it's kind of like Doom. It just perfectly encapsulates what the what's going on in the game. Mm-hmm. It's just because like Ori is such a beautiful game. And then like it's just such a beautiful, uh, just beautiful soundtrack. Like I can't really talk about music very well because mm-hmm. I don't understand music much. <laughs> Uh, but I will just say it is just a very calming, very beautiful soundtrack. I, I would recommend just kind of listening to some of the soundtrack. I know you had issues when you tried playing Ori where like you were having issues specifically with the like the soundtrack or like the That's music. That's why I could not do it. And you're like, I want to listen to this, this sound, the soundtrack, yeah. the music. Um, yeah, I, this is the one category where I just com- feel completely ill like just like i i just i can't talk about this so like all i'm gonna say is yeah. ori and the will of wisps i enjoyed the soundtrack it's very beautiful mm-hmm. and then my number one was doom eternal doom eternal so yes. we, we had a so lot we swapped, of we swapped our ones and threes yes we did <laughs> I, which I love tony hawk i put it at number three because it was just a curated the same yeah yeah it was a curated like licensed list Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give my one and two to like people who actually made soundtracks for these specific games. So. And so the only reason I put it on my list is because they did add new music. But like I, I honorable mention for me, the fucking the remixes they did for the Final Fantasy seven soundtrack are fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. So that still rules to this day. Uh, yeah, I, 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 a couple other uh, honorable mentions. Uh, the Last of Us. I. So their music was great um i enjoyed the music in uh miles morales as well uh there was one specific song i yes. did not enjoy but uh, yes, uh, <laughs> um, i all the other ones <laughs> and then the last one that was uh last one if we're gonna do some honorable mentions uh hyperdot i i was impressed oh hyperdot does have very excellent music as well yeah so like those are just a couple honorable mentions but um mm-hmm. moving on to best looking and this mm-hmm. is like I, I assume you're similar to me where I, I kind of value art style a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, than just like, hey, we poured billions of dollars into this game. Yes. Uh, so uh, so I'll let you do your top three and then I'll do my top three. Manny. So in the exact opposite of the spirit you just mentioned, my number three is Spider-Man Miles Morales. <laughs> okay. Because I played it on the PS5 mm-hmm. on quality mode, and holy shit, dude. Like, it's weird because a lot of the games that came out with these next generation consoles, like, don't show how good they can be. Right. Miles Morales shows how good that shit can be because holy shit, man. With the ray tracing turned on, with the full real time reflections, with the 4K textures, like, that is looking crisp. It looks amazing like amazing amazing on a level that i did not expect it to look like especially at that first scene where it's like kind of nighttime and you're like walking through the city it is just like oh my god this is so good looking how is how does it look this good and i can't it makes me so excited for what games will look like in a couple years when developers like are able to like hone in and like do better with the tech because it just this game already looks fucking so good. Yeah, I I'm mean, ready. like, 
it looked good on my PlayStation 4, my base PS4. Yes. I mean, not like top three of the year, but I mean, it's still like artistically, it's a very good game as well. So Yes. Oh, man. And just like the way the snow effects happen and stuff like, oh, this game is a technical masterpiece. Yes. I just that just that snow over over like because I just played Spider-Man earlier this year again and just having like the snow winter or like and it just it made it feel completely different. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I loved I, I don't know. Like, I always love when games do like that winter aesthetic anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about it. It's a it's a Christmas game. Yes. You know, there don't make many Christmas games, but Christmas takes place in this game. So, yes, it does count it. Uh, my number two, I did not play for more than a couple minutes, uh, <laughs> but trust me, it looks really good. <laughs> and that is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, it looked good on my PC. Mm-hmm. And dude, we played it on your Series X and it was at an 8K. <laughs> and wow, that is an artistic vision mm-hmm. that is fully realized in that game. Like the amount of detail in everything in that game, the way it's hand drawn is fucking amazing it looks like a moving painting and i know that people always say that and at this point it's like a a meme but it does look like that like it actually looks incredible yeah it's uh i don't know how i mean it it looks very similar to the first one although it does Mm -hmm. look a lot better but yeah i mean they they took the artistic design to a whole new level and just being able to do the 120 frames. Uh, oh. It just, it's smooth like butter, especially it on the Xbox series. X. So fucking smooth. Uh, yeah. I, I, it, I think all the backgrounds are hand drawn. Correct. Mm-hmm. I, it yes. just, it's just blown. It blows me away how they were able to just pull that off i i don't know how they were able to make something so beautiful i really don't yeah and then my number one uh best looking game for me of the year was 13 sentinels aegis rim uh and that is vanillaware and they hand draw everything man and all their games look good uh the battles weren't hand drawn they use like really rudimentary shapes in 3d uh so they're like it's not like a 3d mech or anything when you're fighting so i didn't even count that but the all the parts where you are the characters walking around and all the backgrounds like they are all hand drawn so the animation of the characters isn't that great but it looks more like you know just kind of like stilted motion because it is just a bunch of like a stop motion animation basically right um but boy you get why they take so goddamn long and it is because they <laughs> they put a lot of effort into the drawing and like how everything looks in these games and this is probably the first one in a while well because they only put out games like once a decade at this point um the last game they put out was a beat-em-up game called dragon's crown and like <sighs> it was really weird because they made a lot of the characters like just like big titty bitches, basically like they just, everything was like a joke proportion. This game has one character like that, but it just, it also does a good job of like representing a tons of different kinds of people because you play 13 different characters and they're all like teens basically. So they all are different. Like you have the, 
the like Japanese punk stereotype and like the girl who looks like a fucking samurai and the pretty boy and all this stuff. And they all just look so unique and different. And I, I can't get enough of this art style. There were multiple times where I just took screenshots of the game because I was like, this could be a painting. Mm. Like this would just be something that I would see someone that I like drawing on Twitter was like, Hey, I drew this earlier today. And it like looks fucking sick. Like there are all the scenes where they are looking up at their mechs are just, Oh man, it just, it makes me like a sense of scale that I think is amazing. And so those are my top three best looking of the year for me. My uh, top three, Mm -hmm. uh, my number three is uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, Ghost of Tsushima. Excellent. It is it especially that first area which you saw oh it's so pretty it is unfortunately the other two areas are not as interesting uh that's actually uh the second area especially because like the second area is much more muddy mm. and then the final area is I, I, which i was just talking about with for miles morales it, it's more just like snowy hills Mm. where but like the first area you just i mean like you you just kind of run through the fields and you're like i i love the animation of like when you're on the horse i don't know if you played it enough to see this but then like Jin will like reach over and just like let his hand uh go through like the flowers oh yeah yeah like the, the lighting and just like how colorful that first area is it's it's absolutely beautiful I for my number three, I was kind of debating between Ghost of Tsushima and um, uh, Last of Us, which I know I had mm-hmm. met. I said like I value like art design over um, just like hey, we bun- we poured a bunch of money into this, but I do think Ghost of Tsushima did have a lot of good art style to go along with the just like hey, we had a lot of money, we put a lot of money into this open world. Uh, and then also uh, another thing I want to shout out is the multiplayer where it does just look so visually different. It's uh, much more red. The, the what they do with colors is much more unique compared to like the single player campaign. So like I do think there are some interesting differences between those two. But like, yes, uh, Ghost of Tsushima had some great uh, art direction. And I, I do want to give it a, a shout out. And number two is just purely art. Um, and that is the pedestrian. Oh yeah, man! It's just such a unique art style. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to explain, but like, imagine you're in a city, and then like you see like uh, the crosswalking signs, and then like that, like you know how like there's a like the person, and it's just kind of like a stick figure, but it's all black. You know what I'm talking. Which you you see. Yeah, I do. I've, I've seen the pedestrian. I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to describe how this game is, but I'm trying to do my best. Does it make sense how I'm describing this, Manny? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so like that that guy on the the sign that is the the main character. That's the protagonist of the game. So you're using him and controlling him as you're kind of just connecting like different like signs in the city, uh, and so like. So that's primarily what you see, but then in the background, it is just like this hyper realistic, uh, you know, a city in the background. It's it's such a hard game to describe. I just recommend just pausing the podcast for you know ten seconds and just looking up some pictures of this game because it it's just so interesting and unique. The way it's a puzzle, it's like a two D platforming puzzle game, and the character that you're controlling is just like the sign, like the the black 
I don't even know, like black person. I don't like that sounds bad. <laughs> I don't mean it like that, but like you know what I mean, like the the black do, yes. figure person. Uh, that's who you're controlling as you're just kind of moving around these signs. And then my number one, I think you pretty much said everything that needs to be said, and that's uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I think oh. if you had played this game more and saw all the unique areas, you would have mm-hmm. appreciated the game even more because yeah. there is just like there's a water area. Um, there's one area where you go underground and it, it is like legitimately terrifying to go underground because of the way they like there are spiders down there and like you can barely see and you can't be in the darkness for very long. So you have to try to like move very quickly to get to the light. Uh, there's another area where it's like desert. Uh, there's a lot of just interesting biomes. Uh, like uh, it's an excellent platformer, but like just visually very striking. All the different areas are very visually striking. Oh, there is also a snowy area and there's a forest area. Um, I, I think if you saw like the bear, you would have really appreciated how like it's just like a huge bear that you you interact with at some point. Yes, I just uh, Ori in the Will of the Wisps. It. Uh, similar to the music it's just a very it's it's a very beautiful game it's one of the most artistically just beautiful games that i i played i played this year so okay i uh, will definitely be coming up a few more times uh as you know in this uh in these categories uh a best multiplayer manny God, I had to reach for this shit. I struggled with this one as well. Um, So number three, I put on here because I needed three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is Animal Crossing. OK, Um, I did play multiplayer uh, and it's not great, mm-hmm. but it does exist. Like it crashes all the time, which is a fucking annoying thing. Um, But like, I don't know, it's fun to get the, to get together with your friends and like send them items and trade things or whatever and like show people around your island. So I do like that aspect of it and it should be good. But like there are so many aspects of it that are fucked up and annoying, like the way people have to get to your island, the way it stops to show a fucking cutscene when they're coming <laughs> in, the way it stops to show a cutscene when they're leaving, <laughs> the way it fucking crashes and then like undoes all your stuff. Like it's like the most Nintendo ass thing ever where you're like, oh, this guys, <laughs> we could have. What is this? We could have done so much better. And like they very clearly will never fix that stuff. So it's just one of those things where it's like, man, what the fuck, Nintendo? Someone did host a talk show in the, the, the game. So, yeah. So, like, Gary would have hosted his talk show, Animal Talking, and I do like that stuff. But it is like, yeah, it, they had to have everybody come in before the show started. Like, they had to make sure whatever, like just the amount of issues that me and my friend Calvin have had while playing that game. We, even when we were in the same fucking room, it crashed. <laughs> And it's just like, holy shit, man. And so I think Gary's didn't crash like that because they were all in the small area of his house. Mm. Whereas like, I think a lot of it is like if someone's outside and then like someone's dropping an item, someone's buying an item, someone's catching a fish, like the game just fucking has no idea what the hell to do. So it's just annoying. But like it is, that is one of the main things about Animal Crossing is like, to be able to show off your island and look at other people's. And they did add the dream thing in a patch, which they had in the last game where it's like, you just sleep in this bed and get a dream code. You can send it to someone and then they can just explore your island without you there. It's just like, they get to see a copy of your island. So thankfully they added that back. So if you just want to like show off your island or in the case of a lot of them, sometimes people make themed islands. Like the one that was really cool was the guy remade most of a link to the past's overworld. Mm. 
and like it looked very good and just like it um and so like now you can just use those codes to go check it out and stuff like that so you don't have to like know the person to be invited to their island so i like stuff like that um but yeah animal crossing uh, now this can you like do multiplayer like local multiplayer where like two people are on the same switch playing you can yes okay because i know like there's something weird where like it's one save per console there is so each that's how animal crossing has always been um and it's because it's to try to create a sense of community like right right when you when you make a second player they also get a house on your island and like they build the house there Mm -hmm. so then it's like they're their own separate player um right right you you can still uh add in a second person for local and that's actually how most of the item duping glitches happen oh okay uh so yeah you you can do that i don't know i mean maybe like a parent and their child maybe uh, yeah or like a husband's wife or, or just, yeah yeah just kind of like hey we'll just kind of like this is just a fun relaxing activity that we just kind of like at night do for an hour or something uh i yeah or like i think it would be very common with kids but at the same time i think it would be fun like if a parent and kid could have their own island rather than having to share one but you know nintendo does do their weird things so um and my number two is uh tony hawk one and two uh, because they do do some interesting stuff with the online modes. Like you can do ranked, <laughs> which is bizarre. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they did that in some of the later Tony Hawk games. Obviously, one and two did not have online multiplayer. Um, but it's like, you know, things like trick competitions and stuff like that. And I actually like the it's basically like the horse equivalent. So it's like, oh, they'll get a combo and you have to either equal that combo or beat it. Mm and stuff like that. And I like that. Um, but the, the create your own skate park, I think is the coolest part where you can just like make a bunch of wild creations, uh, and then have people skate there or compete in it and stuff like that. Um, and they do a bunch of like weird ranked seasons and stuff, which I didn't get really into that, but I do, I do think they did a good job with like, Hey, you want to keep playing this? We'll prolong the life of this game with like competitive multiplayer stuff that actually works fairly well. So, I do like that. And then number one, uh, Fall Guys, I chose because, boy, this game had a huge zeitgeist and I did enjoy playing it uh, for those first few weeks. I don't I see like it's one of those things where it's I feel like it was such a like time and place thing. Yes. Where now if I ever go back to it, even though it's like different and has more content, it just doesn't do it for me. Like I won five or six times and like that was enough for me. (laughs) And it just like it it's just wipeout like that. That's what it is. And it's the way the physics work is like just goofy and wonky enough to be like when gang beasts was still in early access where it's just like, Oh, this is really stupid. And my little dude is fucking up all the time, but like, it's funny and okay. And like the movements just goofy. The characters look kind of silly and it just, it has like a weird charm. And it, it's one of those things where I, if it wasn't free on PlayStation plus, I don't know that it would have gotten anywhere near as big as it was. And then like the fact that it's sold equally or better on the PC where it costs 15, 20 bucks still right. is kind of like shocking to me, but it really, it was one of those games like among us on Twitch that just really exploded 
um if fall guys was like thousands and thousands of people would be streaming it and that's like almost no one does now but they're on their third season they're able to make a lot of money they're doing a lot of brand deals like i devolver must be super psyched that that game did as well as it did and even the developers were like oh shit like i didn't think this was going to be the successful even though it was going to be a free game on psn like they didn't expect it at all no like like, like, the servers crumbled under the pressure obviously but you know so what happens yeah like, i was gonna say like the the servers were so bad at launch and, and they were they came out and said like hey we were not prepared for this it to get this popular which good for them I, I yeah would say, like good for them to because it's always nice to see like like and it, it did come out at a perfect time where there was really nothing else to play and i think people were starting to kind of get sick of like uh animal crossing uh and then also i think people were just looking for a fun uh multiplayer game they could play with friends that is just not very stressful because like things like call of duty uh warzone like that is a very stressful frustrating experience and and like mm-hmm. it's very rewarding but like sometimes you just want to have like just kind of laugh and joke around and have some fun with friends and this what ended up being just kind of like that perfect I, I, it was right in the summer wasn't it it was like right around august when this the zeitgeist happened right is that true i think oh, it was like that's I, gotta be true this was the longest summer of my whole life dude i have no idea I, I can look it up uh just real quick i could have swore it must it must have been I, that makes sense i just for some reason i feel like it was like march even though that's not the no, case no no it was it just feels so long ago even though it was not that long ago and it, yeah i don't know it's August just one of those 3rd. things where it, it really fell off now and that's right. weird but like it will always i it took off because of the pandemic like that's just yes. true and I, I think that's really cool that they were able to create a huge following for this game. And like, it is fun. Yeah. Like it's goofy and it's silly and it, you know, it doesn't like have a lot of depth outside of that. And like I, the new content they're adding doesn't like super shake things up, but it, you know, mm-hmm. it's entertaining. Yeah. It was just a fun, relaxing time. Just kind of hanging out with friends, not taking anything too seriously. Uh, mm. Like, if you if you don't win, like who cares? Um, also, like I, I, there was that one streamer that like he got really big because he just couldn't win and he kept trying to. Oh, he was big before that. He was big he before was, that. Yeah, he's one of the top three streamers on Twitch. But uh, I kind of yeah, wonder. If, I just kind of wonder if like that kind of helped push the game a little bit as well because like uh, streaming is just huge for for video games. Like, because um, mm-hmm. I think that's what got Among Us popular. Really oh yes yeah. some i can't remember some super popular streamer was like i'll try this because yes. it's basically like free and then yeah it exploded and then it exploded right so uh which speaking among us that is my number three many that's matt that didn't come out this year <laughs> no it, it's not my number three okay thank god <laughs> uh but like speaking of charming games it's a game mm-hmm. that you and i played uh moving out oh shit that did come out this year it did damn it i would have put that instead of animal crossing Oh, you can just you can just well, I'll, edit, I'll edit the podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll just say this is our number three. <laughs> it came out in April. Yes. Uh, oh, OK. Uh, but it's like, unfortunately, didn't have any on- online. Yeah, which is that's a crime. Uh, because think. otherwise I would have probably like pushed you and like maybe Nukio to get like Game Pass because it, it's yeah, been on yeah. Game Pass forever. Um, and then we, we all could have just kind of played it and had fun. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, we ended up having a great time during uh, Extra Life playing this game. Yeah, and that's another one where like sometimes things are so stupid mm-hmm. that they're funny. And yeah. like just, oh, we're movers and we're throwing the couch through this glass window. Like, okay, sure, why not? Nothing is lined up in the truck, but it's fucking in there. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. just get it out there. The way the bodies, like the physics work and they just flail around and shit. Like, yeah, it's super stupid <laughs> yeah and we're just like we didn't read what you're spo- like the goals or whatever and it's just like don't jump through the glass we like five seconds in jump through the glass who cares uh, yeah who gives a shit i mean that's fun to do i don't yeah. yeah i don't know i'm not going for a fucking speed run world record time like it's it's fine yeah it was just uh it, i mean it's it's just basically like overcooked but you're moving your movers but it, it's these kind of games are just fun relaxing experiences where you're just kind of laughing and just kind of just having a good time with uh with a friend so yeah um, yeah i wish it did have online multiplayer uh because otherwise we would de- we would have definitely probably played through the entire game mm-hmm. uh but yeah uh, sh- uh shout out to uh moving out i i do wish you had known that it came out because i think you would have definitely put that on your list oh i definitely would have yeah it's uh, more fun than animal crossing's multiplayer yes uh my number two is uh fall guys fall guys yeah uh, which we just talked about we just talked about and then my number one is uh ghost of tsushima oh yeah I, shit that I, makes sense because you've been playing the multiplayer with nukio and justin and yes uh and it is it is so well done i i am shocked that they just threw this in there and it's just it's so well done it's just it's got the destiny loot which i i do like destiny loot um mm-hmm. games uh but then it's just uh you know a survival uh just kind of survive the waves it's a wave based uh multiplayer and then like at the end of it you're getting loot and you know it's <clears throat> getting better loot so then your character's stronger so then you can like it starts out as it goes bronze, silver, gold. So you you do all the you keep just doing bronze and you just keep getting better loot until you can get to the silver, and then you just keep going until you can get to the gold. Um, each match took uh, well, bronze took probably twenty minute, twenty to thirty minutes. Uh, gold took probably thirty to forty, and then gold took uh, you know silver was thirty to forty, and then gold would take like a good fifty minutes to do one. Which, with the way I play games anymore, like a couple hours, and I'm usually ready to get up and move around and do something else. So I could only do like one or two gold matches, and then I was ready to to move on and do something else for the night. But mm. yeah, I had a lot of fun uh, playing with uh, Nukio and Justin. Uh, the raid did break us a little bit. Uh, the good <laughs> news is, Manny, I he didn't text me about doing the raid. <laughs> over the weekend he's fucking playing apex legends all day every day man. i did see that he was playing cyberpunk or wanted to play cyberpunk after apex legends did he say that it was on the tweet i got like an email on his twitch and it literally oh, said God. he said a little apex maybe cyberpunk after no uh so and then i i almost went into the chat and just was like how about just all apex Jesus Christ, man, that sucks. I told him how much it sucks. He knows. Mm. But yeah, uh, you know what doesn't suck? Uh, the multiplayer for Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I, I remember I was at the dentist's office waiting mm-hmm. uh, in the waiting room, and I read the article that said, we're making a whole separate multiplayer mode, and it's free and coming out at whatever. And I was like, 
what yeah like (laughs) why (laughs) i was like that's insane because like you didn't announce this and it seems like it's like super fleshed out and Mm -hmm. like a big thing yeah and you're just casually like "Ah, i don't know it's free like a month later you're like okay yeah (laughs) sure Uh, my thought at first was why and also can this just be a single player thing and the answer is no. And but like, yeah, it's, it's excellent. And I, I did do some matchmaking where I just played with random people that worked really well. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't typically play a lot of multiplayer games. Uh, I played like an hour of moving out, uh, probably three to four hours of Fall Guys and then probably like 15 to 20 hours of the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer. And mm-hmm. that's basically all the multiplayer I played this year. So. Uh, if it wasn't for Ghost of Tsushima, I probably would have just asked you to just like scrap this category because <laughs> neither of us would have played anything meaningful to even have this category. That is true. Uh, because like Fall Guys, I played four to five hours and you probably played right around the same. Yeah, I mean, I think the game I played the most in multiplayer this year was Animal Crossing, closely mm. followed by Genshin Impact. Mm. So, you know, where's that? Uh, I mean, it's like not supposed to be multiplayer. That's my hot take. <laughs> kind of like Animal Crossing. Not kind of like Animal Crossing. Uh huh. So, uh, yeah, uh, the Ghost of Tsushima. If you have the game, you should definitely check out the the multiplayer. I will not, but I appreciate that it's there. Yes. Um, now we'll move into best field. So this is like basically best gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um. I have a feeling I know what one of the three is going to be, but actually I have a, uh, I have a feeling two of the three. So my number three best feeling game is Tony Hawk mm-hmm. pro skater one and two, because they did it. They did it. They fucking, they fucking did it mm-hmm. because man, that fucking Tony Hawk two remaster that came out in the like mid two thousands was just a fucking burning trash fire. I think it, it was, was awful. I think it was around 2010, so I think it was about 10 years ago. It's just a burning trash fire, Mm -hmm. dude. It sucked so bad, and I thought then they did Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5, and I was like, they're my boy. They're killing Tony, and he will never make another video game again, and then he made a mobile game, and that was upsetting. Uh, But then here they are, man. There was a rumor that this was happening, and then Jeff Keighley made it a reality by announcing it this summer. And I just I still was so skeptical, even though Vicarious Visions specifically said, like, yes, we got the source code of the original and like we're going to use that as a base and then work Mm. off of that and it's going to be fine. And I was like, oh, but it might not be, please. And it was fine. It it worked out. I it works super well. It still holds up. It's a fun arcadey style, like as much as I also enjoy skate that is like a much more realistic feeling game where you are doing real tricks and it's like much more harsh. Like Tony Hawk is like my sweet spot. It's like why I like Forza horizon where it's like, Oh, this is just arcadey goodness. And like, I like the way it feels and it takes just enough skill so that you feel like a badass when you pull off really cool shit. Um, and you know, there's a lot of trick variation and they did change stuff like, uh, how many super moves you can have and like how you pull those off and how you unlock those and stuff. And just like, I don't know. I just like to skate, man. I should have learned how to skate in real life, but I didn't. And uh, now I just have to play Tony Hawk forever. I, 
I don't know if you have the balance to do it. I do not have the balance to skate. That's why I never learned. But it would have been cool if I did have that. Uh, you would have broken arm. I'm just oh, kidding. I would have broken more than my arm. <laughs> uh, skating is so cool. I love watching skate videos. This playing this game made me watch a lot of skate videos. Uh, man, and the skate videos in the game are tight too. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would just get done and be like, I'm just gonna watch like skate videos for 40 minutes. They gotta have a fisheye lens, some sick music, a lot of wipeouts, excellent stuff. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just it's great. It was great back then and it's still great now, but with the improvements they made to it, it is awesome. I, I fucking I love it. Not just improvements, but like with with remakes, the important thing is to not remake the game as it was. It's to remake the game as people remember it being. If that yes. makes sense. Like, I'm sure in our minds, we're like, this is exactly what it was back then. Like, I, I it, it felt like I was a kid again. But if I went back to Tony Hawk one, I would just be like, this is a trash fire and should just be burned. No, I bet we could still play it. You really think it would feel 100, 100, 100 percent. Wow. OK, because uh, like in, I, I'm just like I'm worried about ruining those old games. So I don't want to go back to them. But so Tony Hawk one would not be, I think it would be hard to go back to yes. two, I think would be better. And like the thing that would make it harder is they added the manuals and the yes, reverts yes, from did. the later game. So like that makes it so you can do combos and stuff, but two would be very largely similar to what this felt like. Is that nostalgia or do you think? No, that's, that's actually true. Okay. Uh, because like, that is one thing I'm worried about that. Like maybe in my head, I remember them being a lot better than they actually are. It, but that's like perfect. Like I think they nailed they nailed the feel of like what those games felt like at the time. So, uh, mm-hmm. and I know you're the same way with me. Like it's all D pad. Get that analog so, like, stick. D pad. Fucking remove the analog stick from the controller. Yes. I don't need it. Yes, and this is that is why I bought this game on PS4 and not the Xbox <laughs> because the PS4 is the best at the time. It was the best uh, D pad, which mm-hmm. you think. You think the PS4 is better than the PS5 D-pad, right? In terms of the D-pad, yeah. Uh, so, like, I guess the PS4 might be the best place to play Tony Hawk. Just because the the D-pad in the DualShock 5 is, like, has less throw to it. Like, it's more closer to the inside of the controller, so right. you don't have to push as far, which feels kind of weird. Yeah, I could. And, and, like, for the most part, it's not that big of a deal, but, like, platformers, mm. uh, fighting games, and, like, I guess Tony Hawk, I need that D-pad. Yes. Um, so I assume you're the same way with those three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, uh, it, it just felt so good. It, it, it just feels so good. It feels so good. And you're just like, oh, this is this is my childhood right here. Mm-hmm. And they did it. They did me they good. Did um, my number two is kind of a cop out, but it is Spider-Man Miles Morales, mm-hmm. baby. Because it's, you know, it's that again. Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> It is. They've made Spider-Man again and the fucking swinging is still just like, oh, I love it. Yeah, I love I love swinging around the fucking city like it just makes me feel so happy and it feels so good. And like they did a good job of capturing like Miles is like not being as experienced. So he kind of like flails around a little bit. He's a little bit more wild in his swings and stuff. And I one might say uh, a little exaggerated swagger. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> one, might <say. laughs> one might say that. Um, 
So that just feels good. And then like the fighting is still the same type of Arkham style combat, but they add in the new electrical moves. And I really like those. And since I played it on the PS five with the dual sense, like it really makes you feel like you are crushing a dude's skull when you punch him with the electric punch. Like you are just annihilating these dudes and like the ability that you get near the end where he just like does the shockwave blast out it just oh my god it feels so good and like with the slowdown and stuff they just they make it feel awesome to be this character and like i said i will never get over how sick the swinging is i uh, yeah uh, the swinging one thing i love is like you get experience points for doing tricks mm-hmm. i don't know if you're i was constantly doing tricks it's not even about yes. the experience i just like flailing around and trying to yeah. build up like the highest uh, like trick i can uh, so yeah, I mean, I love the swinging and did you use the invisibility much or did you primarily use the, the electric stuff? Uh, I would primarily use the electric stuff, but I also did all of the, I did the stealth things, the challenges, I got gold and all of them. So I was invisible often. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I probably use the invisibility more than like the, uh, uh, then, then the electric stuff. Cause I played that Ooh. game much more stealthily. I'm guessing Ooh, not me. I just blasted everyone in the face. Uh, see, like I love because it's like a, a very aggressive stealth because mm-hmm. you can do like the, the strike. So you just go flying and just take someone out and then you can go invisible and just, then just like fly away. Mm-hmm. And then like, they're like, Whoa, what happened? And you can just keep doing that over and over again. So like, yeah, I, I, I avoided the combat. Uh, just because I, I enjoyed just kind of like stealthing around and it was a very aggressive stealth. But yes, mm-hmm. I thought the game, the, the game played very well. Mm-hmm. And then my number one best feel is Hades, man. Mm-hmm. I fucking God, this game. I love th- everything about this game, everything. Um, And the fact that each one of those weapons feels unique and powerful is crazy to me because normally I feel like in a game like that, usually I would gravitate towards one weapon and be like, Oh, this is the weapon I'm going to use all the time. But I actually would switch out the weapons. I don't really like the sword that much, but that's just because I suck ass with it. Um, but all of the other ones, like the fists, the gun, I even like using the bow, which I fucking never like using bows in games like this, where you're not necessarily always moving around. Um, and it just like, I I don't know, man, there's something about dash attacks that arouses me and I, you can fucking dash attack with every single goddamn one of those weapons. And it's fucking so good. Like last night I was using the spear and the dash attack with the spear. He twirls it around and it's fucking just disgusting. And he decimate enemies with it. Um, and there's just so much customizability with the way everything feels like each weapon has four separate aspects. So you can spec it into the specific way that you want the weapon to feel like with the spear, the base aspect, if you level it up, it has farther reach, but then another ones are like more attack or like shorter reach, but it has a wider attack. Like you get three prongs from it and shit like that. Um, and like they all have those. I haven't unlocked the secret aspects for any of them because of uh, the way I played it in early access kind of fucked me over on that. But it's just, oh, man, I I can't get I can't get over it because I think they are so good at making action games, which is why I am one of the three people who thinks Transistor is 
their least good game and it was because that was more like a turn-based strategy type thing right whereas like i love the way bastion plays as an action game like i love the way that pyre is basically just like fantasy nba jam and just like moving around in their games i like so much and then when hades is that taken to the next level but with so many different variations and then you can customize it even further by getting the boons from the gods and so then that makes all of your dashes different that makes it so that your special attacks are different that makes it so your casting is different that makes it so that your call is different it just like there are infinite variations basically of what you can be like in this game. And so that's why I think that it just, I've played it for so many hours. Like I think my play time is at like 70 hours now or some shit. And it just like, I keep going and it normally in a roguelite, I would stop at a certain point and just be like, okay, I'm good now because I've seen the ending. But like, I, even though it will take me so long to unlock the epilogue now, like I want to keep going. Like I want to play it right now, to be honest with you. Cause I was playing it last night and like, it just something, something about that game grabbed my brain in a way that is like, Oh, this feels good. And I like this a lot. And so like a lot, I, I feel similar to this game in the way I felt about dead cells. And whereas like Dead Cells to me will forever probably be the best feeling 2D game. Right. Whereas this to me is like, because it's top down third person. Like, I think this game will always be the best of that to me. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, I don't know. To to me, it is like, it it is like how I felt about Dead Cells and how good it feels. Yes. Which I, I have heard that from a lot of people. It's the best roguelike since Dead Cells. Yes. Um, I it just I don't know if I have it in me to get into another one, you know. No, and that's fair. That I I totally get that. And like I had been playing this last year as well in early access, so like I think part of what makes me like it even more is like I saw it expand. Yes. Like I saw it feel better, like because it didn't always it felt good, but like not like this. And then it's just like with each successive patch, you're like, oh, they did this to fix this, and now this feels better. And like I just got to see it every step of the way because I would play every time they put out a major patch. So it's one of those things where it's just like I saw it fully expand, and I think that makes it even more special to me for some reason. So yeah, I fucking Hades rules, man. That's what I got play Hades everyone yes uh (laughs) you are not the only person saying that yeah uh Hades hey Hades like I feel so bad for Splunky (laughs) yes because like Hades just overshadowed it in in every way it very much did uh and and that's very unfortunate yes um but like yeah unfortunately that's what happens when you make like a where like Hades is much more uh user friendly it's mm-hmm. much more approachable where spelunky you have to be a masochist to want to play that oh and i think the other thing that makes me like hades is that i'm good at it yeah yeah because like i keep seeing people be like oh my god on my 60th run i finally beat hades for the first time like i just did my 60th run last night and wow. i've won over 20 times wow so like let's go <laughs> But also part of that is because of the way my save is like half early access, half not. So right. my progression did not work the same. But like, yeah, I just I actually feel like I am OK at it. Whereas most games, I feel like, ooh, I suck at this. And I got through this with sheer luck. Whereas Hades, it's like, nah, dog, I'm I'm doing that. That's me. 
Yeah, at this so. point, that's how I feel about Dead Cells. Where exactly. So, like, it's at a certain point in a roguelite where, like, when you cross over to that other side, mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, I get this now. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that feeling, and I don't get that a lot. Yeah, so yeah. that's part of this as well. Yeah, we're like, not to, like, keep going over, talk about uh, um, Dead Cells, but, like... Yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty directly comparable in a lot of ways. So. Uh, my thing is, like, anytime I start one, I'm like, I could just do another run of Dead Cells. Because I have stuff to unlock <laughs> and things to do in that game. Yeah, I saw. Like, hey, new DLC comes out soon for Dead Cells. Yeah, so. like it's like I'm all like I've done almost 200 runs in that game. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I I a lot of times that that ends up I do like two runs and I'm like I could just play Dead Cells instead, which just feels better. And, so the thing that happens now in Hades is I will always get to the end no matter what, mm-hmm. and that takes about an hour the way I play. Mm. So it's just like sometimes I have to outweigh like, should I play something else or right, should right. I just do my hour Hades run? Yeah, Dead Cells could take that long, but I got to a point where like I just kind of try to speed run through it as fast as I can. I just find that mm-hmm. fun. So I it usually only takes me like 20 to 25 minutes to, to get. Through so, it. yeah, like with Hades, where I'm at now is you have to keep upping the difficulty. So mm-hmm. like. I just it gradually gets harder and harder, right. so it always will take at least that long. Mm, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, uh, my top three. Um, my number three mm-hmm. is Tony Hawk. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Same. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> we had a lot of overlap. It seems like we did. Yeah. Um, my number two is a game uh-huh. that you played a little bit. Uh, yeah. Is uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I was worried with this game for a little bit. I didn't know if I was going to like it because everything they were showing, it seemed like the combat was just going to be very slow and methodical. And I typically like more uh, like the Batman Arkham melee combat where you're just mashing a button and you're countering and you're just mashing buttons. <laughs> like you're not, there's no thought process to it, Manny, you know, like you're not thinking. I, I know <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm into. I don't want to think. And I was like, I love Oh no, ghost of Tsushima is going to be like a thinking man's game. <laughs> it's going to be like Sekiro, but a little easier. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to think, but like, they they nailed the combat the combat is so well done it it feels Mm -hmm. really good i even if it is a little slower and i was worried i wouldn't get into that but i absolutely did get into uh just the slower pace and i do like switching the different stances depending on who you're fighting which i never change stances in video games i'm never that that type of person but in this game they just they found a way for me to to get invested into that like that combat system and i enjoy like running around stealthing and just like pulling out the bow and headshotting people which that's how i usually like to play play games like this and everything in this game just felt good even just like hopping on the horse and just like riding i i enjoyed doing that and just running around the world uh there were a couple little things like i I found fall damage to be a little uh i don't know if you played it enough to to encounter a lot of fall damage but like you'd fall like two feet and you're and you'd lose like half your health and it's like okay this is a little extreme which i think that's more just me comparing it to like assassin's creed games where like odyssey you when you hit level 20 in odyssey it's just like yeah there's no more fall damage in the game it's just gone (laughs) 
Well, yeah, you just have magic bones at that point. Yes. Uh, so, like, uh, where this, like, they had a much more realistic uh, story to tell, so, like, it wouldn't make sense. But I would have liked to be able to, like, hop down, like, a little bit more. But, like, no. But, like, everything else about the game is just, it's so well designed. It's it's just, it is excellent. I don't, I don't know. I know, like you at least can say positive things about the combat if you can't say like no i i think that the game is very good mm-hmm. like i just i just fell off it like it's one of those ones where it's not like i have no negative things to say about it mm-hmm. like i don't it's not like i was like oh this world is empty and i hate it like i like the world i like the combat i like doing the tasks i mm-hmm. just i i can't really describe why i just was like i just am not here for this right now so yeah yeah um no it it's it, it in every aspect uh, it's very well made and very well thought out and the fact that it's sucker punch that made this game i uh, it, it just kind of blows my mind because they're the they make like these weird fantasy like superhero games or you know uh, sly, sly cooper. cooper oh i love sly cooper but like even this game like has like small elements of that and no i know and that's why i think it's cool like yes. you can see the elements of sly cooper you can see mm-hmm. the elements of infamous like yes. everything about this game i should in theory be like oh this is my shit mm-hmm. and like i did i feel that way still but i just yeah i don't know what happened man uh i think it's just open world game it was during yeah. the summer you were in a weird place in the summer yeah and i just i don't know man i I this coming week, there are so many games I want to play, but there are like a couple where I'm like, should I just blow all these off and mm-hmm. try to this again? Like, should I just play Ghost of Tsushima at 60 frames a second on the PS5? Like, probably. I, I think yes, but I know you're not going to. No, yeah. And I because I can't. I, the thing that's going to kill it for me is I'm going to do all the side stuff. And at yes. this point, like, I have to just mainline the story or something and i i can't bring myself to do it i can't do it in cyberpunk either and it's killing me yeah and that's i think that's the the big thing daunting thing for you is like you you're in that first area and it's huge and there's so much and then you finish act one you unlock act two and it's another area just as big Mm -hmm. and then you unlock and then you do all that the third area it's just as big and it's like oh my god this first area is big enough to be like its own game and you have like three of them and i i get it manny yeah and so like also like people said that like by the time you get to the third area like if you did do all the side stuff you're so overpowered mm-hmm. that it makes everything feel like trivial so it's like, I do like that sometimes, oh, yeah, yeah. but like at that point in an open world game, like when you've been playing for that long and you're still doing extra stuff and it's like, why am I, why am I doing this? Like why? Why? Because, why? It, because it feels good and it's fun. I I guess, but at a certain point it stops being fun for me. No. And that's, that's my issue. I, I, I crave the hunger where I like, the, <laughs> yeah, like, like I just, I want to just like that power fantasy where I can just destroy people with one blade swing. I am. See, I just that. get that. I get that from Disgaea. Mm. I don't, I, I, that's like the only franchise that really truly does that for me. Um, I guess like when you like struggling with these enemies and it taking a long time, it, when you get to the point where you can just obliterate them, it does feel really good. I don't know. Mm. I, I, I did enjoy this and and they do like the progression. It is, it, the, they do a good job with the progression where it, it does get harder and harder and it, it doesn't just kind of like get easier and it, it never feels like uh, uh, you're playing 
Dynasty Warriors at any point or something like that. So. Damn, I, unsold. No, yeah, I unsold the game for you. <laughs> Uh, and then my number one is a game that I've brought up multiple times, and that is uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I thought you were going to say moving out. Gonna <laughs> yeah, I brought that up once. I brought it up multiple times. Man. Uh, uh, no, Ori just plays so well. Um, yes. And I love the fact that you get the double jump like 30 minutes into the game. <laughs> Because like most Metroidvanias, like they're like, no, this is gonna be like one of the last things you get, and it's always just like, oh man, I wish I had this sooner. Where yeah. this game, they give you the double jump, and then you can get a triple jump. Which the triple jump, and then you can just kind of like, and then there's another ability that you then just like shoot yourself forward even more. And, and then the other big thing with this game is they completely fix the combat from the first one. Uh, yes. Where this combat feels much more like Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's you're just running around, you're killing enemies, you're getting like these little orbs and then you're spending the orbs a lot like Hollow Knight uh, to get like to get better upgrades. And that I think that's how you get the, the triple jump. And just there are a lot of different abilities. Um, I think one of the biggest things from, with this game is uh, that really impressed me was when I went back to Ori and the Blind Forest, which is the first one, mm-hmm. Ori and the Blind Forest felt unplayable to me because I didn't have all these <laughs> abilities and the combat was just so much worse. That is what you want out of a a sequel. A sequel, yeah, definitely. Uh, you want the sequel to feel so much better that it's like it feels hard to go back. Uh, yes. Where like I, a game... Like Doom Eternal, I really enjoyed playing Doom Eternal, but when I went back to Doom 2016 this year, just to kind of see, I could easily just slide right back into Doom 2016 and I didn't have any issues. Uh, so it's like, okay, like it just feels like they, they tacked on things to Doom Eternal, but it didn't necessarily make it better, and I think that's why it didn't make my top three. Where Ori and the Will of the Wisps, they did so many new things in addition to all the great platforming the first one had with the combat and just like all these new abilities and just uh, and now having now with the Series X having like the 120 frames and the 4K, uh, this just this is such a well-made game. It is it's one of the best uh, Xbox exclusives that's uh probably been made in the last whoa 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 it's on the switch that's true that is true <laughs> well no this isn't the first one is right. i know th- I, I thought this one came out on the switch now too oh maybe well if it is on the switch i hope people bought it because it, it breaks my heart because like this game does not get shown enough and i know like i i was listening to some like uh some youtubers they like have a podcast and they were mentioning how like because they, they like make like review videos and they stuff and they said like Ori was one of their worst watch videos of the year. Jeez. Because like it's just one of those things where people just didn't care. And I think it's because it's just a it's a 2D platformer and they're just not that popular, unfortunately. But like mm. if <laughs> I, I would this is a game that I do wish you went back to and tried. Uh it did come out on Switch on September seventeenth. Okay. I hope people people bought it. Um, uh it's got a 93 on metacritic so yes <laughs> let's get it let's yes. get it um it is there i mean it's beautiful to look at it plays well it's great great soundtrack um 
I don't know. This is this is close to being a perfect game. It did have some issues at launch. I think mm-hmm. it needed, and this is kind of a, a story of the year. Uh, it needed a few more months to to cook in the oven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you could say that about a lot of games that came out this year. Could say that about a lot of games that came out this year. Because uh, like this was one that I kept playing like like little by little. I, I'd go. I once I beat the game, I kind of would go back once a week and just kind of kept cleaning up the area because I one hundred percented this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, little by little, I did notice like small improvements. And then when when I got the Series X and I played it there, I was like, man, this would be an incredible experience. Uh, just like first time on the Series X. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, or in the Will of Wisps, great playing game. Um, nice. All right, uh, moving on to best surprise, Manny. So this is like uh, just like something that really surprised us this year. God, these three are weird for me. Um, my number three is Bug Snacks. Okay. Um, I didn't know what the fuck to expect from this because like they showed that trailer with the bug snack song by Caro Caro Bonita. And you're like, what the fuck is this game? I have no idea what it is. And then they, when they first showed it off, you're like, is it like Pokemon snap, but with bugs? Like, mm-hmm. what do you, what is happening? And it is kind of like Pokemon snap, but with bugs. Uh, but then also you like trap them. And then it has like weirdly sophisticated adult ideas that each of the people on the island are dealing with and you have to help them through like very real relationship things and like mental health uh problems and stuff and it's just bizarre and i i didn't know what to expect because like i in theory like young horses because i tried octodad and i didn't really grab me but i was like oh this is dumb and funny and like it's an interesting concept and then they made a sequel to octodad and i was like you know less excited for this uh and then they did this and i was just like what the fuck is this and so i was gonna buy it anyways but then when it was free on playstation plus and it came out with the ps5 launch i was just like i'll play this and i did go back to it and i got the platinum and I just like, I don't, I don't even really like it that much. I just like, I guess I'm surprised that I liked it at all. Mm. I, I I don't know, because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is going to be like that meme game right. where everybody's like, oh, remember bug snacks and then like laughs about it like they do with Knack. Oh, I thought it was going to be more like uh, Untitled Goose Game. Oh, I guess, I guess I didn't expect people to like, like it on that level. I expected it more to be like Donkey talking about how much he loves Knack. Oh, really? where it's like, oh, I love bug snacks, but it like really wasn't that good. But it is like it's a fine game. And I think it does have some really good parts to it. And it has like excellent voice acting. I was just I don't know. I was surprised by it. Like, I just expected to play it and be like, oh, I'm not that into this. But it's like, oh, this is this is pretty good, you know, like for a for a like twenty five dollar thing that was given out to a lot of people for free on the PlayStation five. Like it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an interesting game. Um so I was didn't think I was going to like it. Um, and then continuing the PS5 train, my number two is Astro's Playroom. Um, I didn't think I was going to like this game as much as I did. And it's one of those things where it's like, yes, it's a console pack in and it's like it's meant to show you what like the system can do. So like it shows off the controller features. And so like I watched videos and I was like, oh, it's kind of cool or whatever. And I bet it'll do a good job of showing off the dual sense, which it does. But like, that's not why I like it. I like it because I am a huge fucking nerd. And like, I just, everything about this game made me smile because it's like, it's all about PlayStation history and the history of what was on the console. So 
all over the game are like the little robots being filmed and they're reenacting famous scenes from games that were like big on the PlayStation. So like you see a bot dressed like Alucard getting out of a coffin and stuff like that. And so like, I love just going around being like, do I know what this game is? And like, almost always I could figure it out. Like they had uh snake is in a cardboard box. And if you punch it, it makes the like, uh, the you got found sound or like a cloud sword is there. There's like kingdom hearts references. There's, resident evil references and it's just like it's everywhere like every corner you turn is like some stupid little robot that is letting you know that like oh yeah this is like a cool playstation thing and then collecting all of the consoles and collecting all the peripherals and seeing like the fucking weird shit like the gps attachment for the psp seeing the psp go and like the different versions of the vita that came out that no one even knows fucking existed or like the the third version of the playstation 3 that i forgot existed the one past the slim where it had like a sliding door on the top and just like seeing shit like that. And then whoever wrote the little quips about them clearly knew which ones no one knew about. And like some of them are pretty funny and like they're poking jabs at themselves about like how advanced the PlayStation three cell processor was and shit. Yeah. It's just like, I don't It's to me, it's just like fun. And as someone who like really likes PlayStation and likes history of games and stuff like that, it's just like, it's a cool museum piece in the same way that smash is a cool museum piece to me. Yeah, I, I remember like Emron Khan talking about this game, who knows a lot about video games. Yeah. He was like, I didn't even get all the references. And so like I I guess I didn't even put it in my best moment, which I probably should have done. Um and I I don't want to say it here, but the the final part of that game is so cool if you get it. Mm. And I, I think a lot of people won't, but it was there's like a PlayStation one demo thing that happened, that happens at the end. And like, I remember that. And I thought that was so cool to see that they put that in there and just stuff like that. Like when you're in the room with the, all the PlayStation like consoles and stuff, they have the, uh, they have a bunch of rejected PlayStation logos in there. So you can see like a bunch of other versions of what the logo could have looked like. And just stuff like that, I find to be fascinating. Like, I just like looking at that stuff. And even though it's like a game that I was able to platinum in four hours, like it's just I don't like a lot of love went into it. And I think it's really cool that they kind of hinted that, like, maybe they'll add to it in the future as like free DLC or paid DLC or something. And like, I would get that. Like, I would play that mm-hmm. um, just because like even the speed running portion of it that you unlock, that's really fun. And I love watching videos of people finding new ways to break the speed running stages, like compete against each other, because I think it's hilarious. And like the way the leaderboards work on the PlayStation 5 is really cool because it will like send you a notification letting you know someone beat your time so then you like a system level notification so then you know like oh i gotta try to go back in and do that and like that's what like need for speed hot pursuit was trying to do back uh in the mid to late 2000s and so like i I don't know it just it does a lot of cool stuff and it's a cool museum piece and i really i I like it for that yeah part of me is not that surprised that it is as good as as people like i only played a little bit but i'm not too surprised because Mm -hmm. anybody who played that vr game just has nothing but positive things to say about it yeah and that's true and like i never played that vr game but like when i think about like console bundles like i think about wii sports Mm -hmm. and like 
to me, there's nothing surprising about Wii Sports. You know, it's like a fucking mini game collection where you use motion controls, and like, well, like it just doesn't. Time it was less like, whoa, the bowling works. Yeah, I know. Like it was cool, but like I never would have said like, oh, this is my best surprise. You know, like it's a motion controlled bowling game. Like, of course, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I am like, I, I think one of the big concerns was it, it's going to it's a pack in game. It's free. It's just going to show off the like what the controller can do. And I think that's like pretty much what expect expectations were. And I yeah, think like it's going to be like a glorified tech demo. Yes. And I think like it definitely for a lot of people, it, it exceeded those expectations. I know the little bit I played, I was blown away, but that was more just like what the controller was doing. Yeah. What the controller can do, like where it feels like you're walking on metal and mm-hmm. shit when it's vibrating. Like I just, all of that stuff is really cool, but yeah. that's not the reason it surprised me. Like yeah, yeah. that was what they touted that controller yes, to be yes. able to do and stuff so yeah yeah i don't yeah. you didn't expect it to be the museum piece uh that yeah definitely not so like when people kept saying like i love this mm-hmm. i was like really it's, i mean i'm sure it's okay and then i played it and was like oh i actually do think this is really cool um and so then my number one i can't believe i'm gonna say this is genshin impact uh because i i hate that i like this game i hate it because now I fucking play for at least an hour every night and it drives me insane. And when originally when it was announced, I was like, this is looks stupid. And then when Scott and Nukio were like, are you going to play? It's like breath of the wild, but with waifus, I was like, I will never play this. And now here I am playing it all the time. And it's because like, it does more than be a breath of the wild clone that has stupid anime girls in it to me. Like it does have that and has a lot of similarities with breath of the wild. And I think it looks very good and cell shaded and whatever, but like it is what a free to play game should be like to hook people. And that's not to say that a lot of it isn't beyond insidious and like preying upon addictive personalities, but like, it also just like, it has a lot of content. Like last night, 1.2 came out and they added the first new like area to the game. And it's huge and it's fucking ridiculous. And the fact that the game came out like two months ago and they already added this huge area. And the fact that they're going to add another one in a month and a half is insane. Like just the turnaround time on it is ridiculous. And like people thought it was crazy that they made their money back in the first week, but like it makes sense. It's one of those things where like I have spent a little bit of money on this game, but not to like buy the random pull stuff. It's like I completed the battle pass. So if I pay $10, I get the second half of the battle pass and then I get a bunch of resources that I can use to enhance my units or whatever. But it's like, I I wasn't going to buy that unless I played enough to get to level 50, which I did the second month it came out. And so like now I'll do that again this month, probably or whatever the period of 60 days, I think it might be is the period for this one, but it's, it's, I don't get it. I, I, I should not be continuing to play this game and I still am. And it pisses me off. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, like I'm waiting for that moment when I'm going to be like, I'm going to fall off and maybe that'll come soon because I am at the point where like I am at adventure rank 45 and the gap between 45 and 50 is large. And so like, I can't level up my characters again until I get to adventure rank 50. So like, it'll be a very long time of me feeling the same strength. Uh, Like at least, I mean, I don't play as much as Scott, so I'm not like a psycho, but it'll probably take me like a couple weeks 
of doing the dailies to do that. And like, if I'm still at the same thing and like at a certain point, like I'm at the end game, quote unquote, like I am at the end of the content. So like I am at the end of the story and it's basically just me trying to get stronger for the events and stuff. So maybe I'll fall off soon, but I would have, if you had asked me any week before this, I would have said that every week. (laughs) So I I don't know. They fucking got me. Yeah. And I hate it. Yeah. It got a lot of people, man. I know it got a lot of people. And like, I'm not like out there, like swiping my credit card every fucking seven minutes. Like I'm doing it once a month for a thing that will give me enjoyment. Like I haven't, I've put in like $20 total so right, far, right. I think in a couple months, which I mean, like, it hits a point where you're like, you know what? I will give them a little bit of money. Uh, yeah. Like I, I have enjoyed that. this game more than enough. I've played this game for over 70 hours. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got, you got me. It was free. And yeah. I, I, I played for like 50 hours without giving you any money. Like, yeah, yeah, you deserve that at least. And if this can even remotely, increase my enjoyment so like the thing that i can't do again which is i started paying for the kingdom hearts mobile game when i was playing that right and it's like i i can't bring myself to pay for the gotcha right right part of it because it's one of those things where it's like i and i almost did because <laughs> i didn't get the, i didn't get the character i wanted in the last banner Li, and i was like well i could pay and i would have it exactly enough pulls to be guaranteed getting Li. and so i was like but then i have to completely rearrange my whole team and my thing was will that make this more fun for me? And the answer was no. Like, I I won't have more fun doing this. I'll just have a different character that's slightly stronger. And so it was like, I can't can't pay for the gotcha elements because paying for random chance, I think, is stupid. Well, not just that, but once you rip that Band-Aid off, it gets easier the second time you do it. I know. And so that's why I was just like, I look, it's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. I will I will give them their five dollars a month right. for the stupid Welkin pass and then ten dollars every sixty days or whatever if I actually max out the battle pass, which I didn't the first month, so who knows. Um but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I just I, I do enjoy it and I think as a free to play game it does a lot of things right, but it still is wicked predatory. But the fact that they are able to they do limit spending like at a certain point they will cut off your card Mm. if you make so many transactions and stuff. So it's not like they'll let you go forever um, because it is a Chinese company and in China you're required by law to show all of the rates for things and stuff like that. And there's a lot of regulations on it, so they have to follow those. Um, But yeah, it's just, they did a good job and like the fact that they are supporting it. And like one of the things I think is amazing is they still are doing huge quality of life updates. Like even though they added all that content yesterday, some of the quality of life stuff is like, holy shit. Like normally a developer who's a free to play game would never do quality of life stuff like that. Right. to Just make it easier for players to do certain things. And I think that's really cool. Like they are actually listening to fan feedback, which is wild. So yeah, Genshin impact. Well, Number I, I think surprise. games like that, there can be a zeitgeist as soon as like things just, feel a little off people will fall off and just stop playing and once you lose that audience it's hard to get them back so it makes sense that they want to try to keep that fan base as happy as they possibly can yeah and then it's just one of those things where like if someone started playing now they would be able to have so much content to play and then like if you played again like next year at this time it'll be ridiculous it'll be probably overwhelming yeah so like you know i i think that's really cool Mm -hmm. you know 
Yeah. Good for, good for me, Hoyo. Plus, you can look at giant anime titties. You can. And I don't. Most of my team is... Uh, I do have three girls now, hmm. but none of them have big anime titties. Oh, that's, what's the point? I, I know. I've... And my main character is a boy. So, Ooh. I mean, like, extra, who cares? Yeah, yeah. You're playing it wrong. Just gonna let you. Know. I, I am. I actually, I want all the guys. So uh, I'm, according to most people, I'm playing very wrong. Okay. <laughs> all right, my uh, top three, mm-hmm. very different. This is one. Oh, def- definitely. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna have Genshin Impact in there. No, I don't have any of your three. So uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, my number three. You're gonna be like, really? Uh, uh, I think I'm this third one, but it's uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I mean, I can see that. I was really worried about this game. No, I know you were. You were like pretty worried about Ghost of Tsushima. I remember. Yes, because like especially because like I don't think you watched it, but like they had that like twenty minute uh, PlayStation uh, Connect, whatever they called it. PlayStation. Uh, oh my God! Direct, what do they call uh, it? What a, it's not a direct. It's PlayStation. PlayStation Sony Showcase. The show. Yeah, Showcase. they had like something like that for Ghost yeah, of I don't Tsushima. Know. I did not watch that one. Yeah. I just remember people saying you could pet a fox, and I was very excited by that. I, I was excited about that stuff, but then when they showed the combat, that's when I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this because I yeah. was worried that it like about that very slow paced combat that I said like I typically just don't get into. I don't mm-hmm. want to play a thinking man's game, <laughs> but then like I started playing it, and I was just like, this is working for me. And the more I played it, the more I loved it. And just like, this is not a game where it has a particularly great story, but it has some very impactful moments. And uh, I I will be talking about one of those moments later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a game kind of like God of War, where it is a game of moments. Although God of War does have like a better story. But yes, I mean, just like everything about this game just ended up being a lot better than I expected it to be. Uh, just kind of like the platforming was great. The combat was great. I enjoyed the stealth. I enjoyed just kind of, I, I loved the world. I loved running around. Uh, the side quests were all just very well thought out. Um, I, I And I like that, like Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed, like checklist open world game. So it does that, but it, it's so polished and so well done. I I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Um to the point where like it's definitely going to be very high in my top 10 list. Um, and I think a lot of people feel very positive about this game. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, like a lot of like you see a lot of user votes and Ghost of Tsushima like wins like game of the year for a lot of people. It seems like uh, which I think is very impressive when it's a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, yes. Because, like, even with, like, Microsoft, like, you know it's at least getting on PC and you know it's getting on Steam because of the way Microsoft does it now. Mm. Uh, So, uh, anytime it's just a Sony, which I think the sales, I mean, it's like this was the best selling, like, new IP for Sony, like, of, like, the PS4 generations. Uh, It definitely was in Japan. Uh, So, like, which that's not surprising in Japan, which it's nice to see, like, a Western developer really honor japan in such a great way yeah um 
they I, it it really does feel like they did their research and they really tried they re, they showed a lot of respect for Japan and like Japanese culture and they uh like all the voice actors were all you know Asian voice actors so mm-hmm. because that's become kind of like a new thing where it's like well you if it's a black character you really should hire a, a you know a black voice actor or, I mean definitely I do I feel that way yes <laughs> I, I'm not arguing against that I'm just saying like no I know they it was very well thought out and everything they did, they were, they, they made sure to do it the right way. So yes. Um, Ghost of Tsushima really surprised me. My number two, uh, was the pedestrian. I just remember just like going through steam, just trying to find something to play because I don't know if you remember earlier in the year, but like there was nothing coming out, uh, pretty much from like April to like June. Mm-hmm. there was like there was literally nothing and i was just trying to find something to play and i stumbled upon this i thought the art style looked neat so i just kind of bought it and made like steam because like their refunds are like they're they're like oh you played it for an hour you didn't care for it you can get refunded so i was like i'll just try that and i played it and i just i fell in love with this game i i was just blown away how well thought out all the puzzles was uh, I, it, it played very well, but it's just one of those cases where I just went onto the store and just kind of bought something on a whim just to see how I would like it. And I ended up really enjoying it. So like, yeah, it, it really surprised me uh, how much I liked it. And my number one was a game that like just kind of came out of left field. And that was XCOM Chimera squad. I'm more just mm-hmm. surprised that they just dropped it. <laughs> that is, that was bizarre <laughs> there was like no i I, don't, I doubt it sold well yeah yeah probably not because it was just like oh this is out now yes. and i was like oh a new XCOM game okay sure it wasn't just it's out now they were like it's out now and it's on sale you can pre-order it first on sale for like half off so i was like you know what i like XCOM. i this is this is one of the games i did pre-order before playing it and i Loved it. And a lot of the complaints about like how you couldn't like create like a new character or like create characters and stuff. And they were all like set characters, that stuff. Well, I mean, but like that me. wasn't the point of this one. No, man. no, it, it was to tell a story. And like what I yeah. didn't think was n- neat about this game was um, uh, you get to play as the alien races and like you have all these different races on your team. So like there was a lot more variety in the team. And then I, I, what I also like is this felt like a very aggressive uh, turn-based like XCOM game because like the previous ones, you're being you, you have to be very apprehensive. You have to move very slowly, I because like you don't want to pop too many pods, and a pod is like a group of aliens, and they're just like it's a it's a basically a black map, and you're just kind of moving around the black map, just trying to find these little groups. But if you if you really spread out too much and like pop like two or three at once you just get overwhelmed and you're going to lose so you need to move very slowly and try to pop one at a time this they throw that completely out the window and instead you are you are the ambusher in this case you are ambushing the aliens and the aliens are not ambushing you and i loved throwing that on its head and it, it just it made the game feel just so much more fun i i don't know if i like this more than like xcom one or two but it did feel like a very different experience and what i liked about it is it was such a different experience and like they were willing to experiment uh with it um it it is one of those cases where I remember this came out right before Gears Tactics, which I was really mm-hmm. excited about for Gears Tactics. 
And then I played this, and then I was like, well, now I have to delay playing Gears Tactics because I don't want to play, like, two Tactics games, like, back-to-back. Uh, and I, I think another big surprise is I liked this more than Gears Tactics this year, so mm-hmm. which I was very excited about Gears Tactics, but then this ended up being better. So, yeah, uh, this game really surprised me, and it just surprises me how they they launched it, where they're like, it's out! Uh, I don't know if that's the way you should do it, but that's the way uh, they... Which it's Sega, right? Uh, Braxis and Sega? No, 2K. 2K, they're 2K, you're right. Oh, I, I know who... It, uh, uh, Total War is Sega. Yes. Uh, which, that's another one that just kind of like... I don't know how that game ended up being. Uh, yeah, the the Total War Troy game. Because mm-hmm. I didn't hear anybody talk about that, did you? No, I feel like I never hear anyone talk about those games, though. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, that's my... Uh, that's my uh, one, two, three. I, I not a very surprising year for me personally, and maybe it's just yeah. because like I set expectations accordingly for games, mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe it's just a case of I don't know. I just like games didn't really surprise me this year. I don't know about how like you feel. No, not really. I mean the. I, I didn't they didn't even say Astro's Playroom was coming out until like a month before the PlayStation right, right. 5 released. So like it's just one of those things where it's like I didn't know I was going to look forward to this game or anything. And I definitely wasn't looking forward to Genshin Impact. So. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Tony Hawk was us. It was a very pleasant surprise that it was good. There was some concerns, yeah. but like at the same time, looking at the developer, looking at the fact that Activision had done several remakes and they were all very good. Like there were reasons to believe that they could pull off Tony Hawk. So I don't think even like Tony Hawk, it's a very pleasant surprise that it was good, but I think it it would have been more of a case of massive disappointment if it wasn't and less of a surprise that it was actually good. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so now talking after bringing up biggest disappointment, let's uh, get into the biggest disappointment category, uh, Manny. Uh, my number three biggest disappointment is Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Oh, and yeah. this is because I always tell myself I'm not going to buy fighting games anymore. <laughs> not going to do it I... because I don't like playing them. I think you should always get the Nether Realm ones just because they have a good story that's worth playing. Well, so like Nether, yeah, Nether Realm games, I will do that, and like I'm going to buy Guilty Gear Strive as well. And like Super Smash Brothers, obviously. Yeah, but like Guilty Gear Strive is like it's the new version of what those games look like, so it mm-hmm. looks super cool, and like I like the story enough. Whatever, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is one of those things where it's like, do I want to buy this? Like, I really do like the story of Grand Blue, and I like these characters, and like the fact that they're releasing it here in the U.S. I want to support side games so that they will keep releasing the other games, like Grand Blue versus Re- Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, which is like their weird action game. Like, I want that to come out here, but. Oh, man, this is just this game is lame. And I I mean that in every way, like it has the graphics of the like Guilty Gear and Dragon Ball Fighters where it's like the 2D but 3D thing going on. And like it looks great. But outside of that, like it moves slow. It's too simple. So like none of the combos are very long and like they built it that way to be fair. But it's just one of those things where it's like, if it doesn't even like look super flashy, like what? 
what? And then they did the thing where they announced the fucking season pass before the fucking game even came out. And so it's like, really, we're already doing this. And then they tried to tout the RPG mode as being like, oh, it's like this big story mode. And it will like have elements of Grand Blue where you're like upgrading the weapons and feeding weapons to weapons and stuff. And like it does have that, but on a scale that is so small that it's like not exciting at all. And then like the story was awful because it was just a rehash of what happens in the main story of Grand Blue, but then like without any of the nuance. And so it was just like a really lame rehashing of the story that I was able to beat in like three and a half hours, I think, or something. And that was with minimal effort. And it just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just didn't find the fighting to be fun. I don't think watching it is fun. I think nothing about it is fun. That is my hot take. That's, uh, that's unfortunate. And so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I like Grand Blue and right. I think that Arxis makes really cool fighting games. Uh, like, I think that Dragon Ball Z does a great job of capturing what the Dragon Ball Free Z franchise is like. So even though a lot of people don't like, like that game very much, I thought it was like simplistic enough and fun to play and like did a good job of like, this is what a Dragon Ball Z fighting game should have been like all along. Whereas like this, I just feel like it doesn't do a good job of capturing what makes Grand Blue Grand Blue. And then outside of that, it just feels like a generic boring fighting game to me. So I don't know. And it's weird because like it seems like a lot of people that don't know anything about Grand Blue use this as an opportunity to like get in and they like really liked it. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's just like regular people like it because it's like it looks like it's an anime fighter, but it's like not really right. So like maybe it's more accessible and I don't, it's one of those things where like the new guilty gear is a little bit slower too, but there's something about the style and like the way all the characters are move and stuff that I think just looks more interesting. And at the, at the very least, I will find the story to be cool in that because I just like the story and characters of guilty gear. So I, I, I don't know. And it, it's like something new. So at the very least, it's like, Oh, this is like a new engine. So I can see how that works or whatever. Whereas this is the same thing they've been doing for all their previous games. Whatever. Are, disappointment have you heard about have they improved them the online at all no but they for guilty gear strive they are putting in rollback netcode because mm. it didn't it had the same netcode as this and right. it sucked yes and the in the beta and so then they did a beta with the rollback and it worked a lot a lot better okay, good and so then they're refining it even further for guilty gear which guilty gear comes out in like or if it's January or late January right. or late February, but it's relatively soon anyways. Um, and so it should have much, much better net code. Yeah. Cause like with COVID. Oh then, yeah. Then, this game, this game died on the vine yes. because of COVID. But like, I also think it's because of the things that I said about it. Where like, I just feel like it's boring. Well, I think people could have like maybe played it a little bit more and maybe unlock some stuff but the fact that with like covid and the fact that the online was so terrible like you it, what was the point well yeah and it's just like they're already on their second fucking season of dlc characters right. and like i haven't seen anyone even play as more than the first character from the first season mm -hmm. i've never seen it right like no one streams <laughs> this game so like i have i have no idea people stream power rangers battle for the grid more than they stream that game which power rangers popular oh it's, it's fucking power Rangers battle for the greatest tight i was watching say jam play earlier <laughs> scorpina scorpina just came out shit's dope willie's been playing it a lot Ugh. love battle for the grid um and my second most disappointing you're gonna laugh 
Do you know what it is? Is it The Last of Us? No, it's the Fast and the Furious Crossroads. Uh, no, you can't. You can't. No, no, I can't. No, I can say can't. this. No, listen, 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 listen. <laughs> I wanted it to be worse. <laughs> it let me down because it wasn't as bad as I wanted it to be. Oh, no. I, Matt, this game should have sucked so bad that it was hilarious. Oh, And instead, okay. instead it had average driving and the cutscenes were like not that funny. Mm-hmm. Dude, they needed to be so bad it was funny, and it wasn't. <laughs> How could they let me down like this? You couldn't even make a bad game. You couldn't even make the game so bad it was funny. How could you let me down like this? I had such low expectations. You needed to not even meet those. You needed to go below. You needed to have it be so shitty that it was hilarious, and they didn't even hit that part. They were just like, oh, do you want this like moderately okay driving with these cutscenes that are not funny? All right, here you go. And it's like, well, that's boring. Yeah, boring. This game either needed to be a fucking masterpiece or it needed to suck shit so much that it was hilarious, and it didn't do either one. Yeah, but then you would have liked it if it was so bad it was good. I know, and that would have been so good, Matt. That would have been so awesome. We can't even get there. Why fast? The, they can't stop making Fast and the Furious games. Stop trying. No one do it. And you can't capture the magic. It's impossible. Um, they did that Forza Horizon Three thing. I know, and that was fine. Mm-hmm. But that's because it's a good driving game. See, that's how they tricked you. Yeah, and Ludacris was there. I know the, the ludicrous voiceover. Mm-hmm. They tricked you, Matt, because <laughs> they're like that's not that's not truly a Fast and the no, Furious game. That's a good driving game yes. where Ludacris is talking. Yes. See, they got you. This <laughs> game was a Fast and the Furious game, all right. It just was average and not very good, but not so bad that it was hilarious. And I just, it really, I wish it was so bad it was hilarious. I wish I could laugh more about it. I can't. Peter Stormare was in that game. How could they do? What did God? Ugh. Ugh. It should have been bad. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I have to say about that. And my number one most disappointing is obvious. It is Cyberpunk 2077. They, mm. I had a pretty low bar and they fucking did the limbo underneath mm. it. And we're like, hey, you thought that this was going to be okay at best. What if it was not good and totally broken? And I'm like, oh, no, man, I don't want that. And they were like, too bad. And that's where we're at. Like, I I talked about it so much last week. I like I, I can't really talk about it more at the moment. I, I mean, I've played more and I got to some of the like compelling side quests, but compelling air quotes, like right, more right. compelling than the rest of the game. But like, it just it's such a fucking bummer, man. Everything around it is such a bummer. And like the fact that they're just like basically getting away with it is even more upsetting Mm -hmm. because it's like, it's one of those things where like they sold so much and like, they still have to try to fix it to try to get some of that goodwill back. But it's just like, man, you guys lied. (laughs) Like you just straight up lied about a lot of it. And it's like, that's not cool. That's not cool. It's not good. They should, they should not be allowed to get away with this. And they're basically going to, I think like, you can't say they, they have, they have, they sold, they have gotten away with it. They sold 13 million copies. Like uh, by the time this is all over, they would have made a billion dollars. And like, what's fucked up is that that's like, that's not just like average video game success. That's GTA levels of success. Yes. Which is on a whole different echelon. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that sucks. 
it's like it's one of the it's it's one thing for me to sit here and get upset about what I feel like Pokemon should be like, but one game freak will never have Pokemon be what I want it to be. And two, that game wasn't broken. Like it was, it was just not what I would like it to be. It doesn't mean it was a bad game. It's just bad in comparison to what I would like it to be. Although it did have some technical issues. Like it did, it did, it did have some, it, it has some technical issues still and stuff, but like that, that game is, is a totally different thing. Like yes, I was upset about that game and disappointed by that game because of me and what I expect and what I would like to have happen. I get that a lot of people like that game, but this is like, this is a completely different universal problem where it's just like, this game is fucked beyond recognition and is still broken. It still crashes after they did their patch, quote unquote. And now I got to wait until the end of January for it to not crash. Possibly like What? What? We didn't pay attention to the console versions. Like, man, fuck off. You can't, you can't do that. And it's just one of those things where it's like, it shouldn't be like this. It should not have been like this. Like, eh, the thing that I should be saying is like, oh, it's like a fun, okay, open world game. It's just not for me. That's what I should be saying. Which it would still be, like, majorly I, I would I would still be disappointed, but, like, that's my fault at that point. I don't this think is it's not necessarily your fault. You'd be disappointed it's not the game for you. Well, no, I know, but and I wanted it to be, but like, that's on me at that point that that's on my personal preference. Like, this isn't about my personal preference. Like, I mean, some of it is, but like on the other end of the spectrum, like it's broken. Yes. Like it just is mostly unplayable for me. And that is insane. It's crashed more than any console game I have ever played has crashed ever. Mm -hmm. And like most PC games, like outside of a game, just like literally not running. And that's probably because I was trying to pirate it when I was a teenager or something. You know what I mean? Like, it it just like this is an unparalleled level of broken. And the fact that there are people out there trying to defend it uh, by saying like, oh, well, it's fine for me. Like, man, what the fuck? No, it's not. Like, you're just accepting your weird PC version that is still busted as hell. Yeah. And it's it just is so disappointing, like on a game level, on a company level on a standards level like it's just ah, there is ah. there is not another example like this generation of this there are examples of like games getting hyped up too much mm-hmm. and then just becoming a massive shit show but like no man's sky was not broken like this no yeah no man's sky was not broken uh, i i i um battlefront 2 that had a massive blow up, but that wasn't because the game was broken. That was just because. Yeah, that was because of fucking microtransactions and like, sure, Fallout 76 was broken uh, to a certain extent, but like it, it was this... playable and it what it was what they said it was. Yes, they I mean, they didn't <sighs> they did not try to cover up what that game was. And I still think that's funny. I uh, know to but... me, uh, to me, I still think that's funny. I don't, they didn't quite, but I mean, like they didn't send out review copies either, which you could know, but like there were, there were hour long videos of exactly yes. what that game was. Yes. People. Yes. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think they tried to hide it like this. No. They, they straight up tried to hide it. Oh, they just straight, a straight up bullshit time. It, it's just, it, yikes. It, it, I, I was saying all along this is going to be one of the biggest disappointments of the year for people, but that's yeah. because they were thinking it was going to be the greatest game that's ever existed. <laughs> and when it wasn't that, 
it was going to be a disappointment, but boy, this felt like this was so much worse than I expected it to be. Yeah, this is like a different level. Yes, of fucking shit show. I so, yeah, I don't know. I am in shock that like the Ubisoft open world games have more polish than this game. I am shocked about that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yes. So just disappointment of the mm. year for me there. I and I I'm I get it. I can't say that's disappointing for me, but that's because I had like the lowest of expectations to the point where I didn't care about the game. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. My top three, this first one, I'm so sorry, Manny. Mm-hmm. I'm more disappointed in myself. Okay. And that's animal crossing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we didn't even need to say that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I knew that. I knew, I knew you were not gonna like it. I don't know why you tried to play it because I still think it's baffling. Because I really like Stardew Valley, but it's not like that. No, and that's it's a, not. No, no, it's, it's not. not. It's not. So I'm more disappointed in myself. That yeah, that's fair. I, just, I get like, it. I get, I get it. That I'm just like a broken human being that can't find any happiness. <laughs> So like it's just like oh this game confirmed what I had been fearing all along. But oh shit, I have to play tonight. <laughs> so I'm sorry. It's almost, it's almost... I just had to throw that in there because I was like, I, no, that's I, I. I get it. I was so disappointed, and I was just like, I was so bored for an hour and a half. <laughs> I like I've never been so bored playing a video game. Oh man, it's too good. Uh, my number two is cheating. Okay. Because I just put Ubisoft. I thought you were just going to say Animal Crossing. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, sure. Because of Watch Dogs. And you weren't really digging Assassin's Creed up to where you are now. And I was know. so excited about Immortals Phoenix Rising, and then I didn't even oh, buy it. Boy, yeah. So, like, just like all three, I couldn't decide. Although I am enjoying Assassin's Creed a little bit more. But I, I still think it's worse than Origins and Odyssey. I Like, I like ubisoft open world games i keep saying this over and over again and i really liked assassin's creed syndicate this year so it's not like i don't like just like cross like i like you like like old ubisoft open world uh, well and i i really liked ghost of tsushima this year it's just i like i like ubisoft didn't make that no it didn't but it's very similar (laughs) i just like good versions of that and these all just felt very mediocre and they were delayed to make them better. <laughs> they were delayed to make them better, and it just... Oh, I can't even imagine what Watch Dogs would have been if it, they didn't oh, make it better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least it wasn't broken. I will compliment them on that, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just... There's not a lot to say. I was just... They, like no. They're not bad games. I'm not saying any of them are bad. I'm just saying they mm-hmm. were all just like, eh. You can't say Watch Dogs was bad. It was just so mediocre. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Immortals Phoenix Rising seems bad. I don't know. There's some people that seem to be liking it. A lot of people seem to be really liking it, but then I watched the gameplay. Yeah, and I because I played like the Stadia like demo, mm-hmm. and that's when I was just like, I'm going to wait on this. I don't have to spend sixty dollars on this. So I did. I did try a little bit, and I just felt very meh about it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will try it. I I will try it. But like, boy, the comedy did not work for me. Where some oh people, no, uh, some people seem to to really like it. 
Oh boy, oh. I am not those people. No, I wasn't either. <clears throat> and then my number one, I didn't mm. play. Spoiler. Oh no. And that is Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> Matt, no! Yes! No! Did the, we... No! What? This game was never going to be good! Manny! It was never going to be good! I said this! I, I said know. it every I said it every time we talked about this! game was never going to be good! And my brother was like, it looks kind of good! And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It does not! It's, nothing about this looks good! Let's go back. Crystal Dynamics is making a Marvels game. We don't know what it is. That's very exciting. I was very excited about this game. Oh, yeah, but then they showed And then they showed it. what it was, and I was like, oh, no. And But just the fact that Crystal Dynamics made a Marvel, a Marvel Avengers game, and I didn't even play it. Hey, that if is... I had to tell you, if I had to tell you how much it costs right now for a physical copy on PS4, what would you say? Uh, like twelve dollars. Yeah, it's like fifteen dollars. Yeah, on see, Amazon like, and that's right what now. I've been kind of waiting for. I mean, I'll. Hey, we'll get in there. Well, I think I'm gonna get it for <laughs> Xbox because I might as well play it on my Series X. Uh, well, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you; it's probably the same for Xbox. Probably. Uh yeah. Like, I, I and I, I will play this. I will, I will buy it and just play through the campaign because, as far as I understand, it's like better than you thought. But like I, to me, it's just like they made an Avengers game. Crystal Dynamics made a Marvel game, and I didn't even play it. That is profoundly disappointing. That is just profound. I'm the guy who played or watched 65 superhero movies this year. I should be the one who's playing this game. And I was just should like, be, but oh boy. And the fact that like. In, in this this compounds because like they Crystal Dynamics didn't make the last Tomb Raider game because they were making this Manny they fucked up <laughs> two games because of this game they fucked up two of them like this, no. is, a, this is a rage to situation man <laughs> like I don't know what to say to you about this one like yeah I, but at least I did play Rage Two I'm just disappointed <laughs> that I didn't play a Marvel's game because it was just so it's not bad it's just so mediocre it's not worth playing it's not worth giving them sixty dollars for yeah which i mean i'm also disappointed that the the game they chose to make they could have just made a really good 20 hour campaign well but that's not going to make them the money in the long term i did this make any money because it's selling for 15 dollars i mean like as far as i understand they lost a a bunch of money on this game Listen, listen, fifteen dollars, they'll make it back. Okay? <laughs> but, that, I, <laughs> but that's used game sales. They're not making any of that. No, no, no. That's new. Oh. Oh my yeah. god. Jesus yeah, that's, a, Christ. That's, a, that's a that's a sealed copy, my man. <laughs> I assume that was used. No, oh, that's new. No. That's new on it. That's new on Amazon. Oh god, that is oh, yeah. somebody needs to give yeah. Crystal Dynamics a hug. And the fact that they have like now they're stuck into like making DLC for this game is so sad. Whoa, but like Spider Man. <laughs> I I I I'm allowed to be disappointed by this man. Oh, no, I sure. I sure. I, I, I mean you I, have to be disappointed. This is the game they chose to make. Uh I mean 
I didn't expect them to make anything. Like, I didn't expect this game to be anything. Look, I have a long history of knowing that superhero games are mediocre at best. Yeah, but Spider-Man... Other than, other than Spider-Man and Arkham Asylum. It's Spider-Man... Look, I, I played Hulk's Ultimate Destruction Tour. Yeah, but like, Chris, I like... I played, I, I, I played Iron Man on the GameCube. Like, I've been here. I, I've, I've seen it. But I like Crystal Dynamics. I like their, their Tomb Raider games. I, look, I know. And I'm sorry for you, Matt. <laughs> But like you, I'm still disappointed. I'm, I'm, I know, I'm, and that's fair. You this they ruined Tomb Raider as well, <laughs> and that, that's a huge reason why. Like, oh my that's, god! That's, I mean, that's a bigger reason than <laughs> the game itself. I think is you really like those first mm-hmm. two games. <laughs> I like those first two games. I like Marvel. I should like this game. I should have played this. Oh, they, they fucked boy. me. They fucked me. Look, I mean, the last Marvel game I got excited about, I learned my lesson. No, the last one I got excited about was Miles Morales. I don't count that. That count. That counts. That's a, that's Insomniac. Yeah, they make good games. Yeah, I mean, I just was it Iron Man Marvel, VR? Mar- Mar- Marvel Infinite, dude. Mm. What happened? What are we doing here? <laughs> I can no longer get I can no longer get excited about a Marvel game anymore. <laughs> that's fair. They took they took it away from me. So the next uh, Spider-Man 2 or whatever they call it, you're not allowed to get excited about no, that? No, that's different. That's different. Insomniac will never do me wrong on that. <laughs> I, so, Sony, won't, Sony won't let them. I don't know if they will let them. Yeah, they won't let them either. That's what I'm saying. Like, I saw what Ratchet and Clank looks like. They're fucking putting out their best work ever. Hey, I there. saw what they did with Miles Morales. and yeah, was... yeah, and it's excellent. Yes. And, like, the last Spider-Man game was good. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, they they have pride in that. But I feel like any other studio is Marvel is going to have more say. And it's just, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what a just trash fire. Yeah. Yeah, uh. man. What a profound disappointment. What a profound disappointment. Everything about this game is disappointing. Everything. <laughs> and I'll probably play it and be like, ah, I kind of like the story. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> That's at least the hope. Hey, you'll get you'll get your $15. Yes, I'll get my $15. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. So are you ready to talk about the best characters of the year, Manny? I am. This was the category where I realized I didn't really like most games that came out this year. Ooh. Uh, because normally I could be like, just, oh my God, we got this on lock. And this time I struggled. Uh, so my, num- my number three was Abby from The Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's just a, she's a good character. Like I, I Should we just say like, this is where spoilers are very likely to happen? Uh, I mean, I wasn't going to talk about a lot of spoilers in this category to me, but I mean, we can. I, I, I think. You're, I mean, like, you're probably you're probably going to talk about Abby. So, uh, yeah, Abby's a tough one to talk about and not spoil. I mean, I guess that's fair. Although it does feel weird, like with the leaks and everything, but like I just feel like Abby, especially, is a very difficult one not to spoil. Yeah, I mean, like with what she did to Cliff, <laughs> like I Poor can't. Cliff. We can't. <laughs> so yeah so spoilers going forward just like mm-hmm. basically the rest of these are very spoiler heavy things yes. um and so yeah abby in the the walking dead she she kills joel uh you just said the walking dead oh shit well you know that <laughs> hey that's how i feel about the last of us uh the last of us too she she kills joel and like that's a big pivotal moment mm-hmm. but then you get to be her 
after you play as Ellie to find out why that came to pass, why she feels the way she does, Mm -hmm. how she got to be where she is. And like, she was there in the first game. Her dad was the doctor who was going to work on Ellie and Joel killed her, him and everyone that she knew and loved Mm -hmm. basically. Well, other than one person, really a couple people. Uh, And it's just, yeah, like it's, it makes sense because it's like, Oh, every, every villain is the hero of their own story. And that's like, that's a thing. And that is what this is. Like Abby is not a bad person. She just wanted revenge for what happened. She felt like she was done wrong. And like, it's even more extreme because what Joel did technically wronged all of humanity. Yes. So, I mean, like I was not shocked that she killed him. Apparently a lot of people were very upset by that. And then like hate her because of that. And like, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's the point of any of that. I don't think that's the point. I don't think you're supposed to hate Abby at all. Like that's the whole thing is like, you get to see it from her perspective. And then like, if you had a basic human perspective in the first place, you would understand that like Joel did fucked up shit, dude. I don't, I think you are supposed to hate Abby at the beginning because just the way she kills Joel, where she like basically like tortures him and extends it as long as she can. But like, that obviously is for a reason. Like, is, I, just, I agree. You don't you don't just hate someone like that unless you're a fucking psycho. Well, no, you're like, well, this bitch is fucked up. And then when you start playing, which you actually play as her for a little bit before that, yeah. Uh, but like, still, I mean, like, y- it, it, you are supposed to feel like negative towards her at the beginning, and then when you play as her, it, like, I think you're supposed to have this like. Oh, as you get to know the character and all her friends, uh, I, I think you are supposed to have like a turn with her. I don't because I never felt that. Okay. Like I never did not like this character. Okay, so it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, I mean, it made sense at the time and afterwards. Right, it's just you get more of a reason why, and like just over time, she actually develops in a way that makes sense. Yes, like she realizes that what she is doing is wrong and starts to feel regret. Tries to help the people that everyone else around her is trying to kill. Like she, she just actually has a change of heart. Like she actually develops as a character in what is like a real compelling way i think yeah i mean i mean do you want to spoil or do you want uh i mean we don't we don't have to at this point i mean if if you're gonna talk about it you can i guess well Um, well, we're just having a natural conversation right now and like well yeah, yeah i just wanted to say like during that theater fight at the end oh yeah where Mm -hmm. she's going to kill dina Mm -hmm. and then she's like and then um Abby, or Ellie's like don't she's pregnant and then Abby goes good yeah but then uh what's her name or what's his name I'm sorry that's well um the 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 boy who was with her with oh Lev Lev like is the one who stops her and that was yeah. really her turning point as a mm-hmm. character yes uh, and that that was the character development, which I think one of the reasons why you were disappointed by this game was because we don't see that character development with Ellie. Yes. Um, but like, I think it says a lot about her Abby as a character that like she was my favorite character in this game. Oh, definitely. No question. Uh, like I liked her more than Ellie at the end of this. Yes. Game, so. Same. 
Uh, so yes, like I've Abby's one of like the best written characters I've seen in a long time in video games. Like, yeah, like I think I think she is brilliantly done, and I think Laura Bailey does an excellent oh, yes. job. And like just her, uh, oh my god, what the fuck is his name? Noah. Uh, are you talking about her? Who are you talking about? Her like boyfriend, but not boyfriend. Owen. Holy oh, shit. Owen. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Owen like had... her. Right. Okay. Yeah, her relationship with Owen, how she interacts with all the other people, like how she interacts with Manny and stuff. Like, I, I think they're all she, she's just a really well realized character. Yes, I think. And like, yeah, her character development goes in some interesting places. And like, she is a different person at the end of that game. Yes. And, and I, th- I think that's really cool. And I, I was a little worried about the length of the game mm. at first, but I don't think the game works if it's not as long because you need that time for you know, Abby to grow as a character. Uh, yes. I, I don't think, like, if this was, like, a 10-hour game, I don't think Abby would be as impactful. No, but I think it could have been, like, a 10-hour less game. Uh, well, that would have only made it, like, a 15-hour game. And I would have taken it. But do you really think Abby would have worked as well? Uh, I think they could have cut out most of Ellie's stuff, uh, to be honest. Mm. I just a lot of this game does not work for me in that way. So like, yeah, it where it, it's hard because like it all works for me. So yeah. Uh, but what's your number two, Manny? Uh, my number two is Ichiban Kasuga. Mm. My man, I love this character. Very similar. And everyone, every everyone was like, oh, it's very similar. <laughs> uh, everyone was like, oh, he's not going to be as cool as Kiryu, and you're going to ruin Yakuza, and those people could get fucked because I love Ichiban. And he, so, okay, that people always get mad when I say this. Yakuza fans, everybody calm down. I don't think Kiryu is like, <laughs> Kiryu's not a good character. Like, he's a good character in that, like, he's a dumb, lovable idiot and that he's good at punching people. But, like, he doesn't have any fucking character development, man. Uh, yeah, we... <sighs> Who's the main character... In Shenmue, Ri, Rio? Uh, Rio, yeah. We'd always have conversation of who's a dumber character, Rio. Yeah, who's a, who is dumber? <laughs> because they're both so stupid. <laughs> and, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, man, like, Kiryu's a caricature, mm-hmm. man. Like, he's, I sure I love him, and I'm, I, I liked his arc, but, like, he didn't develop, really. He's just, like, this big, dumb oaf who's always trying to do the right thing. You know what I mean? And it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, dude, Ichiban is like a real character. Like he has an arc and like, it's one of those things where like he, he is so loyal and like believes in people to a fault, but in a way that is like, he wants to have a family Mm -hmm. and it just, I, I don't know, like as a whole, it works. Like he ends up at the end of that game, having a new family Right. Because his previous one, well, the one he believed he had, they they're gone now. And so, yeah, the people he makes friends and he just wants to believe in those people because they helped him and it it works out. And it's it's one of those things. I I wish I had bookmarked the tweet and someone said, Yakuza, you like a dragon is the best game of the year because (laughs) the plot is that a millennial is betrayed by his elders. (laughs) <laughs> and then bases his entire life structure on a 1980s JRPG. <laughs> There's something along those lines. And it's like, you know what? That's, that's accurate. It and it is true. Like, yeah. And 
I don't know. And just like the fact that he really likes JRPGs and like wants to be a hero and is trying to do his best approximation of what that means in modern society. It just, uh, yeah, I, he works as a character. And like, I think if they go forward with him, he will be able to go some interesting places. And whereas like Kiryu, you like always know exactly what the next game is going to be like. Like, you know what he's going to do in the next game. He's going to punch people and be kind of dumb and not realize a bunch of stuff is happening or whatever. Kiryu is like the straight man as like weird, crazy shit is happening around. Yes. But like, he's like the stupid straight man. Yes. Where, you know, he's going to do the dumbest thing possible. It's, it's a very unique and interesting character. And so like, yeah, the, the biggest comparison I can make between the two is like in all of the sub stories in, yakuza one through six kiryu just like takes all the dumb shit people say at face value Mm -hmm. like there was the one side quest i can remember where the girl is asking for a passport but she keeps saying pizza (laughs) and he just like keeps getting her a pizza and he's like i don't know i don't understand like why don't you want this fucking pizza whereas like ichiban people will say shit and he'll be like what like you want me to fight a giant Roomba? What the fuck are you talking about? Whereas Kiryu would be like, ah, yes, a giant Roomba, of course. <laughs> and just like, yeah, I don't know, man. Ichiban is a different character in a way that I think actually works out well. And I think it, it I, I, so I think the thing is like Kiryu works as an action game main character, which is what those games were. Whereas Ichiban works as an RPG main character, which is what this game was. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm glad that they actually tried to make a more nuanced developed character for this because I, you, you fucking, you can't have a game this long with Kiryu. (laughs) No, probably not. You you, you can't do it. It just, the plot wouldn't be able to go that long. I mean, Yakuza games get long, but in most of the ones that are longer, you're playing as four characters or like you're playing as five characters in some cases. And like, that's what it seemed like they realized in the later Yakuza games. I was like, Oh, Kiryu can't hold this up on his own. We got to bring in Saejima. We got to bring in Akiyama. And in this one, you got to play as Haruka Mm -hmm. and the baseball guy and Tanamura, the detective. Like, so yeah, I don't know. Whereas like this one, Ichiban could hold the whole game up on his own, but then the party members kind of help as most J RPGs do. So I don't know. I like Ichiban. I also love like his hair. And then the, oh, his hair's so good. And then like the the narrative reason how much he hates it because like the person just didn't know how to do a perm because it's not the yes. He, he got a bad haircut. Mm-hmm. And like that's the whole premise. Yes. And what I also love is that no matter how much he hates it, he never gets another hair. No, like he never tries. He's just like he just accepts <laughs> that he his hair. And like the first time I saw it, I was like, I am into this character. Yeah, I was like, this I am in yes. right away. I saw his hair, I was like, oh, I'm in. And so then when you see his hair at the beginning of the game, I was like, oh shit, how does this happen? Mm-hmm. Is he just like go crazy? Like what happens? But no, he just gets a bad haircut, yes. and I love that. Yes, I do. Yes, I, lo- I love it. His his bad perm. <laughs> um, and so then my my number one best character is Prince Zagreus, the main character of Hades. Okay. Um, fuck, dude, he's got so much dialogue. No character talks as much as this dude and no character interacts with more people than this dude. And there's so much unique dialogue. It is illegal. I don't know how they recorded so much unique dialogue for like fucking. He always, I fought the same boss 60 times and my dude still says something new. Every time I go into that fight, it's insane. 
And like, he just is a good character. He wants to know where he came from and doesn't like his dad. He's going through some sweet teen angst phase and he wants to, he wants to get out there and he wants to find his mom. If she's still even out there and see, see what happens. He wants to, he wants to be free of hell and just listening to him interact with the gods of Olympus is really cool because it's like, he's never met any of them and they're his aunts and uncles or whatever. And he just is like interacting with all these people in really cool ways. And because of the way Hades works, you can have basically like a social link with literally every character. So you learn more about those characters as you gift them stuff. And then there's all the people that are in the main chamber. So like uh hypnos, uh thanatos uh theseus like a a bunch of like greek mythology people um and like you learn about them and the stuff they go through but like prince agris is another person who like develops as a character and he really doesn't like his dad at the beginning but by the end he understands why he is the way he is and just kind of accepts that and it's just like it's a good turn over the course of all of your runs in that game is him slowly understanding why his dad hid him away and did the things he did and like slowly starting to accept that instead of being an angsty teen bitch. Um, and that's kind of harsh. He's not, I mean, the reason he's trying to escape is legitimate, but it just, he seems kind of angsty because it's like, he's rebelling against his dad right. and his house and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's kind of hard to describe because everyone will have a different, like, arc for that kind of thing depending on how fast you beat the game or how many runs you want to do if you want to get the epilogue if you want to depending on how you want to play people will see different versions of this character but it's just one of those things where it's like i i, I don't know that that's what super giant does best to me is make good worlds and characters that i give a shit about and the fact that this main character is it is a character, right? Like in Bastion, you play as the kid who doesn't talk and the narrator does everything. So you don't know him as a character. And two, you play as Red and she doesn't talk because she can't. Only the sword can talk. In three, you are not a character in the game. You are like yourself helping these people out. Oh. And so this is this is their first game where they made a character that has voice lines. And I think it works really well. Like I was kind of worried about it at first. Like, Oh, I don't know how this will end up working out, but the voice actor is really good. And I think the character arc is really incredible over the course of that time. And like, you just, you get to know that character in his interactions with other characters. And he's like super snarky and like a pain in the ass, but in a good way. And I, I I don't know. He's just, he's a great character to me. Mm -hmm. I like him a lot. So that's what I got. All right. Um, my number, uh, my three, uh, my number three is uh, from Ghost of Tsushima. And that is mm-hmm. a Jin, the protagonist, mm-hmm. the main character. The protag. Um, <clears throat> he just, he, he has a great story arc, uh, which I, you didn't really get to experience. Um, yes. Unfortunately. Not. But like at the beginning of the game, he is a samurai. Mm-hmm. And but he just kind of ends up having having this internal struggle where he has to do things that like go against the way he was brought up because like mm-hmm. samurais are all about being honorable and just like doing things the honorable way. Yes. Um. 
in. But like, here's the thing with the Mongolians and pretty much all the samurai were wiped out. So he was one of the last people, you know, last samurais left to fight for, for the Island. He had to do things that you would say are dishonorable. And, and you could see that that was really like, it was hurting him to do it, but he was doing it for the right reasons. Uh, primarily at, at first to rescue his uncle, who his uncle was, uh, you know, like basically his father figure because his, his actual father was uh, killed, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, during the, the, the initial siege of the game, uh, his, his uncle was, you know, captured. And then so like the entire first act is just kind of rescuing your uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see. I do you want me to spoil what happens here? Or do you want me to just kind of keep it vague? Uh, I mean, is it going to be in one of your moments? Uh, um, wanna yes, like like. Then I mean, you might as well, I guess. because uh, like I can't talk about that moment without spoiling quite a bit. Of well, it. yeah. Then there you go. So like, so like at the end of Act One, you like that. It, a lot of like the big moments are like end of Act One, end of Act Two, end of Act Three. So that's mm. when I say like it's a game of moments rather than like great like a great story arc. It's just like the, mm. these great moments within the story. So like Act One, you rescue your uncle. And then your uncle's like, I heard you did some bad things. Like, I understand why you did these bad things. But now that I'm out, we're going to do things the right way. And uh, Jin does try to do that for a while. But then he has, but then like something happens. He, okay, the uncle, towards the end of act two, the uncle wanted to basically sacrifice the lives of many Mm. to do things the quote unquote honorable way. And Jin, you know, he valued the the lives, so he decided to sneak into a Mongolian camp and poison them all. It, it was using some like poison, uh, and he does that. So then, like, it ends up being successful in murdering all the Mongolians. But the issue is, the Mongolians figured out how to do the poison, so then they started po- poisoning people. The uncle got a word of this, found out that it was Jin who basically taught the Mongolians. So then Jin ended up getting arrested mm-hmm. uh, by the uncle. Uh, so then Jin had to get, you know, he, he broke out. And that that's basically the end of Act 2, him breaking out. Uh, and so, like, and it, after Jin breaks out, basically the relationship of Jin and the uncle are just is completely splintered. They just do not see eye to eye on anything, and Jin just kind of takes off. Uh, so then, a- as the story goes, the two just kind of keep breaking apart. Jin's trying to 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 like tries to bring the the relationship back together. It doesn't work, and then by the end of the game, the final boss is you actually have to fight your uncle. Oh shit! And and then like the final decision of the game is uh, whether you kill your uncle or walk away oh uh killing your uncle would be like that's what he wanted he wanted like the honorable death Mm -hmm. or just like walking away and letting him live was like basically going against his wishes so it was a very very tough decision uh but in the end i chose not to kill him just because like in my in my version of Jin, he was much more of the because it, it, the whole thing is like, are you going to be the shadow or are you going to be the samurai? And I definitely played the game more like the shadow. Uh, but yeah, like uh, it, it definitely has some very uh, emotional moments. And like just the way that game ends where like 
you would think you end up fighting one of the Mongolians as the final boss, but no, you actually end up fighting your uncle. I have to say this out loud before I forget it. Mm. South Park forever ruined the word Mongolian for me. <laughs> Goddamn Mongolians. I know. I, oh, actually God. Every fucking time, every fucking time I hear the word, and that's so upsetting. <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's all I can think about. And I hate that. Uh, that's, that's perfectly fine. I know. Uh, so, uh, my number two is a character, uh, uh, from tell me why. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, Eddie Brown. He is. I don't know that I met this character. Uh, he's the pl- in my five minutes with. Him. Yeah, the, definitely not. He is the the police chief of the town. Okay. Um. What? Oh God, this is another one. Like, I have to spoil this game. Oh wait, is he the is he the stepdad? Yes. Okay, then I okay. Yeah. Uh this is just like I can't talk about this without spoiling. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was your he's the stepdad. Yes, though. like uh, yeah. like because like the whole story is. The, the, there's the two twins, uh, mm-hmm. Tyler and Allison. Which I mean, Tyler mm-hmm. was not Tyler before. Uh, mm. He he was he's trans. He was a girl before at the time. But the the two twins they murdered their mom. Uh, so what ended up happening is Tyler was the one who you know stabbed the mom. So Tyler mm. had to go to um, like. Um, not jail for it. What is it? It was like a correctional. A cor- facility. Yes. A correctional yeah. facility because he was only like 12 at the time. Mm-hmm. And Allison was then left. Like they didn't know who the father was and she was left all alone. So then the police chief, he basically adopted her and raised her from like 12 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. And like, um, he's just a very interesting character because like, there are just things and this is one of the reasons why I had such a hard time um, liking Tyler as a character because mm-hmm. the entire time he'd just be like, Oh, Eddie's the worst. Like just basically just saying like Eddie is the worst human being and blah, 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 blah. And like every time you got to know Eddie, it's just like, okay, he just, he took in your sister. He raised her, gave her a home, fed her, treated her very well. Uh, yes, he did fuck up by like not letting the two of you see each other while he was in the correctional facility. But like even that is addressed where Eddie says, like, I'm sorry, I know I fucked up, but I didn't know what I was doing and the courts recommended that I keep you two separated. Mm. So like I even that you're just like I I I mean like at least he has like a valid reason for for the re- for what he did. But like, it, as you get to get to know the character more, everything he does, he just has like a great heart. Uh, like like um, Tyler, as I said, he's transgender. So after he got out of the correctional facility, he went to like a like a a transition home. Mm-hmm. You find out uh, by snooping that Eddie is the one who paid for the home, and then Tyler because he's just he's just such a terrible character. I just did not like him. He was like, he got angry that Eddie did that. And he's like, Oh no, I feel like I owe him. And it's like, you would never even know if you weren't doing like the video game snooping thing. Like you can't get angry at somebody for doing something to, to, to help you like everything that Eddie did. He just had a really good heart. So like, I just find he, he was just such a compelling character. So I, I really liked Eddie and I, I did like Allison as well, but I, I just felt like Eddie really stood out to me as a character that just had a, a good heart and very well uh, meaning. So uh, 
And then my number one was Abby, which I feel like we already yeah, talked about Abby. Uh, she was just, she's a, she's a phenomenal character. Uh, I, I had the, like, I didn't like her at first. And then like, there's that moment when you start playing as her and you're like, I see what you're doing. I, you're going to try to get me to like her. I don't think it's going to work, but then by the end of the game, I, 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 the reason why I think this game is a masterpiece is because of how well a- Abby was written and how likable she becomes throughout this game. So yeah, I, I really like the character Abby. So uh, not a lot more I can say about it. I, you know, I feel like we already had that conversation. So yeah. Um, all right. Now we'll move into the best story of the year. Um, so these ones, Probably will make sense. Um, and I don't necessarily have like a lot extra to say about sure. each one. Sure. Um, so my number three is Hades. And that's just because of like, I don't know. I All of the characters rule. I love every character in that fucking game. And I love all the dialogue. And I think they do a good job. Like it's a, it's a roguelite with a story that works. Right. And that normally doesn't happen. Like, I mean, Dead Cells like tried to do story more like as a joke. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> where like yeah. you like you find the dumb shit and he like tries to talk about the king and stuff and like they give you a little bit of lore, but it's it's more like tongue in cheek, like oh we're finding the lore kind of thing. Um, and you know, like in Spelunky, like the, there's tidbits of stuff, but it's more like you're trying to figure it out on your own. But the way Hades is structured is for story, so it's when you die you come back up in the at the end of the river of sticks and you hypnos like makes fun of you and tells you how you died and then like you can go around and talk to people if you want you can give them uh gifts to try to like improve your relationship and there are like sort of quests associated with some of those like uh orpheus and his muse are two separate characters that you can interact with um and so you find out about like obviously the whole story of orpheus and why he ended up in uh hell in the first place and stuff and it's just i i don't know they just do a good job of making uh, not that greek myths aren't compelling right but i think they just do a good job of twisting them to what they need for the story while also keeping them as compelling characters um and it's just like yeah it's an action game that has good storytelling and good characters and that's what i like about it it's- and oh. Oh, so I have not seen the epilogue right. because the amount I would have to do to get the epilogue is absurd at this point. Right. Because it's not how I played the game. And then I looked up how to do it and I was like, holy shit, this will take me like just as long as it did to play 60 hours of the game already. Like, wow. Jesus. It might not take that long. It just might seem daunting, but just because some of the random stuff I have to get, it's like I have to hope that it happens or whatever. Um so like I would just have to get a shitload of Ambrosia, which I have not seen much in my last couple playthroughs. So that's annoying. Um, but yeah, I and the I, I guess I don't really want to spoil the the ending right. just because like that's the whole purpose of beating it ten times is to see that. Uh, but I mean, Zagreus finding out about himself is interesting, and then like once you beat it the tenth time and the credits actually roll, it's just like a good, it's a feel good moment. Like it's just a feel good time uh with all the characters involved and i really like that and then the fact that it keeps going after that and still has more unique dialogue and story is wild there's just there's so much to that game like they just packed it so full of stuff that it is i i love it were you gonna ask a question before yes i just i i was gonna ask like if you were really into greek mythology do you Mm -hmm. think you would 
like people would really like the story of this just to see how like they they put different spins on it yeah and i think like just to see like oh what do you think poseidon's personality is like you know what i mean and like seeing what he's like and you're like oh boy (laughs) (laughs) or just stuff like that or like yeah demeter how how did what is hermes like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i think that's some of that stuff is just funny because it's like oh you know he i bet he would be like that right like i just i bet that's how this character would act and then like seeing what thanatos is like what like because he's death like what is what does he act like is he like an emo person of course he is yeah yeah. Uh, and yeah, just seeing like Nyx, the queen of the night and shit and what the what the three fates are like, the Furies, the three sisters. Um, yeah, I I think that if you like Greek mythology, it, it translates pretty well, I think. Um, and then number two is Yakuza like a dragon. Wow. If you want to hear my thoughts on this plot, you can go back to last week yeah. where I describe it for over an hour. Mm-hmm. It's a fuck. It is a ride, it's... and it is one that I thoroughly enjoyed. And while I, like I said, it's their first stab at making a turn-based RPG, and I think it's not paced really great in some spots. I think that it, <laughs> I don't know, man. It really gets there, and with some of the fan service stuff, I think they did a good job. And just overall, I think I think it's a good, well-told story that is about a tight-knit group of characters. Yeah, that uh, I oh boy, the second half of that game sounds buck-ass wild. Yeah, man. So oh, it just every it just goes like it just kicks into overdrive, and you're like, oh, the story is happening. There is so much happening. <laughs> Do you think that is an issue of it being an RPG or just like? All their games typically have pacing issues. Uh, I think all their games have pacing issues just because like, yeah, usually like you said, yeah, the like it starts out compelling. The middle gets kind of, like, yeah, the mid gets like kind of rough every time I think. Mm-hmm. And then the end, you're and, then just usually, like, and then they end so strong every goddamn time. So yeah. Like I just think about the end of judgment and I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> like because there was there were large portions of that game where i was like what are we doing here man <laughs> and then just at the end you're like whoa okay then remember yakuza 6 with the boat remember the boat <laughs> that's remember the fucking boat oh my god uh, the, the, the fucking boat man yeah. I, how do you get away with that <laughs> the, the, the plot twist is a boat jesus christ <laughs> They fucking the harbor opened up and showed that yeah. boat, and I was like, "No!" <laughs> was one of my favorite moments of that year. I, it was hilarious. I just <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, "Oh, fucking! They fit this under the harbor? Uh-huh. Come on, man!" Um, and then my number one story of the year: Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Dear God, it is just it is. There's so much, man trying to juggle 13 characters in your brain when it's not happening in order and trying to figure out like, wait, does this mean this? Does this mean this? And then there's, there's robots, there's time travel. I can't, I don't want to say too much about this game because it only is the story. Right. Uh, and I, Oh boy. Well, you want to hear about the story. My, we'll get there in the moments, but um, there's just so much to this game that I can't even describe it. Uh, if you like science fiction and you like anime, this is it. This is the game for you. And if you've ever thought like, oh man, visual novels aren't for me, but I want to give one a shot, give this one a shot. Uh, I would either recommend Phoenix Wright or this for that. Mm. Cause a lot of visual novels are fucking rough 
if you're not used to that kind of thing. And um, so like I, I would never recommend Danganronpa to anyone. I, uh, another thing that's impressive about this game is like you can experience a story in whatever order. Yes. So like, that's what I think is crazy is if I, if Nuki ever does finish it or play it in the first place, um, even though he bought it, I trying to do a spoiler cast is like very <laughs> difficult because it's not like where you're just like, Oh yeah. And then this happens. Mm-hmm. And then this happens because like, you don't fucking know what order they played in. Right. Like, I guess the ending would always happen roughly the same because it locks you out at a certain point and you have to do the last parts like in succession. But up to that point, like any, you could, you could figure out revelations in any order. And it would it would totally change how you feel about the story at any given moment and like totally change how you learn about other story elements. Yeah, and that's that's the fact that they made that work is impressive. Yeah, it is. It is very impressive. And like, I think Vanillaware deserves some kind of medal for that shit, because, boy, that had to be rough to do. I bet playtesting for that game was insane because it's just like. Uh, and then just thinking like, because if one part of that fucks up, everything is broken, mm-hmm. like everything is fucked up and there's no recovering from that. So the fact that they like skim that line, skirt that line and like make everything work, I think is crazy. Um, and then like afterwards, once you've done everything in the, there's a log that shows every event in order, like chronological order. And so you can read everything in chronological order if you want. It makes it less exciting. Uh, But it is like if you you finish it and you're like, wait, I didn't get this part. You can go back in and like figure out where it happened in time and get a little bit more of a grasp on it. But um, it's what I think bums me out the most about this game is I never can play it again. Mm. I can never play it again. And it's one of those things because it's like the whole thing is you experiencing it for the first time because once you know all the plot twists, it immediately is no longer as exciting. And so like, that is the main bummer. I think about it is because like, this is one of my favorite gaming experiences of all time. And I can like never have that again. Whereas like if I played breath of the wild again, I could experience all those things that made me love it again. And like, I would still enjoy it, but this would not be anywhere near the same. And so that's that's a little strange, but yeah. I do I do I do love the story for sure. So those are those are my my three. What do you have? Uh, three different games. I definitely three different games. Um, I know one of them. <laughs> uh, my number three is uh, Spider Man Miles Morales, which is also a good story. Uh, it's just well paced. I think it's the best paced game yes. like story that I played yeah. this year. I mean it. Um, and at one point, I just I was worried that this game wasn't going to have the emotional impact that the oh, 2018 did. Perhaps we should see one of my moments. Uh, but like <laughs> at the end of the game, I was in tears. Oh, I was a little bit. I was like, oh. they did it. They they pulled it off again. They made me feel things. I was not. I know. I I cried a little bit. Yeah. Like they. Uh, I I don't. This is one that I don't want to spoil. It's so new and recent. But like mm. I, we both know. Like it is very well paced. It just goes. Yes. Um, yes. it, the, the, the characters are all compelling. Like I even, mm-hmm. oh my God, uh, just as a very small, small spoiler, uh, the one side quest that you do 
where you talk to the the deaf girl i can't think of her name oh i can't think of her name either but yes but then like at the end of it she gives you the spider-man uh winner outfit mm-hmm. i was like oh that's so cute and that that's what i wore that was the costume i wore for the rest of the game it's it because it's just his normal suit, but with a hat and a scarf. I know, and it was great, and it was so. Cute. I love, I love it so uh, much. It was it, like it was just like ah, like it not like cute and like all oh, they're like a cute couple way. It just like it was just like, a really cute moment, and she was just she, she seemed just like a nice person, and Miles just seemed so like like w- like Miles is a lot like Peter. They're very similar. They they mm-hmm. they want to do the right thing. So yeah, uh, Spider Man Miles Morales just incredibly well paced um mm-hmm. my number two is uh tell me why okay uh yeah. i a lot of twists and turns in this game i i feel like i already talked about some of it where it's just about you know it's about the t- the twins and they murdered their mother uh and and then it's just kind of uh, discovering why that happened and you know everything that happened a lot of twists and turns uh which they need to do this because they need to like kind of for their own emotional baggage because Allison is dealing with like panic attacks and stuff. And actually like there's a gameplay moment where you have to deal with the panic attack and the way they handle that is very interesting, but just the overall story, a lot of great twists and turns. Unfortunately, none of them really hit like one of my top three moments of the year, but overall I did enjoy the story and it, it it did work very well. Uh, A lot of well-written characters, likable characters. And at times I did like Tyler. Tyler is just one of those characters where like sometimes like just like, it it just felt like they were trying to create a conflict for video game sake because they wanted to make you like make a choice. Mm. If that makes sense. Uh, so like, I, I think Tyler could have been written a little better, but like, because it's a video game and it's a choice driven video game, they were trying to force you into making choices. So they were just trying to fabricate this, this conflict and drama that really just felt unnecessary. I gotcha. Uh, and then my number one is the last of us part two. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> Biggest surprise of the year. <laughs> it's a good story. I know you did. It didn't work for you completely, but like I just, even the dialogue, everything just works so well. Uh, this is a game that you play and go like, Oh boy. I just feel the money. What I yeah, there's so you can see yeah, it. Yeah, you're just like I can sense the money. This and Final <laughs> Fantasy are the two games that came oh, out this year. Oh my god! You're like, um, did this? These games have like any budget, or was it just infinite? No. Uh, but like, I, I feel bad for The Last of Us because like you didn't care for the story, but you have to at least appreciate the fact that they, they picked a story that they knew was going to be controversial and they went in that direction. They did fucking cliff. man. Yeah. They, they with cliff and Abby (laughs) (laughs) and Lev. I mean, there are just so many things that like, and like have it like those moments where you have to kill dogs and stuff. And like, you're just like, I, I hate that I had to do this, but like for, you know, narrative reasons, it makes sense. And just like, yeah, <laughs> poor cliff, poor cliff. Uh, and if you want to listen to the spoilers yes. about that game, we also have a podcast about that. That's hilariously long. That's like five hours long. And that one, <laughs> it is. that one we had a special <laughs> guest on as well. We did. Uh, so you, you want to hear all about the last of us spoilers. You can get those there. Also, if I had to guess, this is probably his favorite game of the year as well. 
Uh, yeah, I would say that. I I, I don't uh, know. I haven't talked to him since that podcast, but like he seemed very. He wasn't a, like he liked the first one more, but he seemed very positive about this game as well. So yes. All right, and uh, I don't. There's not a lot to say. Like just listen to that podcast. Uh, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right, and now our final category of the day, which this podcast is getting kind of long as well. Oof. It is. Uh, okay, so this, hey, if you really don't want the spoilers, mm-hmm. this is it. Yeah, Get yeah. off the ride. Yes, yes. Manny's going to spoil a game that came out a couple, like a month ago. Oh, no. Is it Cyberpunk? So, no. Oh, oh. God, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh. Dude, the ending of that game, man. What? Number three. Number three. She sacrifices herself, dude. Mm-hmm. The tinkerer. She sacrifices herself so that she can save Harlem, dude. Mm-hmm. It was her fault. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was it was totally her fault, but she realized, oh no, I done goofed. And then she takes Miles after he absorbs the energy up into the air and he totally explodes. Uh, but his body can take it because of his crazy electrical powers and she's just gone and dead and it's so oh god it's so hard because you know how he felt about her you know how he felt about finn as a person and then just like i guess technically it's probably like a different scene at this point but then when he falls down and his mom is there and genki is there and everyone in the neighborhood is there Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have his fucking mask on and they're not letting anyone else get to him. Yes. Uh, and they're just like basically saying like, oh my God, are you okay? And they're all so worried about him and they're just happy that he survived mm-hmm. and that he did everything he did to protect them. Mm-hmm. And like, they're like, hey, everybody else like kind of shits on you and says like, you're the second Spider-Man, but like you're our Spider-Man. Yes. And that just hits so hard that it's like, oh man, I, I shit like that really gets me, man. Because I, what I what happens with a lot of superheroes, and I think it happens especially a lot in Spider Man, is like people are shitty to him. Yeah, and like he's just trying to help, and it's really cool when they finally get their moments that are like, you know what, what you were doing does make a difference, and like you are worth it, and I'm glad you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. and like that just oh god, that whole scene I think is so fucking good. Yeah, and that whole scene and this is completely uh, uh but like you reminded me something like while I was playing the game one thing that i do have an issue with like the marvel cinematic the mcu spider-man movies is like you never really get the sense of like friendly neighborhood spider-man completely mm-hmm. yeah. playing this i felt like i was the friendly neighborhood spider-man yeah, dude. Uh, more so than like the 2018 one, because like the 2018 one had like a lot more going on. Where yeah. like most of this game, you do just kind of feel like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, just kind of doing small little things. And then like, yeah, of course, like that that ending, like big moment where Harlem's almost blown up, and then you have to save the day. Well, like mm-hmm. you and the Tinker, which like finding out Finn was the Tinker was just like a huge like whoa i didn't see that coming but that's just because i don't know miles morales very well yeah, yeah. I, I i assume like you having a little bit more uh familiar. i did not know that actually oh, i had never even seen the tinkerer before Oh, okay so that was a good surprise for you too then 
Uh, I figured out she's a tinkerer right away. Oh, but... you're smarter than me, though. So that, that... Well, that I just figured she was okay. because she, her brother was the scientist or whatever. Sure. But um, yeah, I oh, and I just oh, I can't wait until I the know. next game, dude. Why isn't it out now? Mm-hmm. I just want to play it right now because I want to see how his uncle gets involved. I just oh yeah oh it's just like the post credit the post credit the post credit with the post credit scene and, oh my god it's gonna be so cool and you're probably gonna be able to play as both of them and I just let me have it <laughs> is your body ready my body is ready <laughs> and so yeah anyways that that the ending of that yes. game is oh, chef's kiss yeah. um my number two moment I talked about last week when I spoiled the entirety of Yakuza and when Majima fucking turns that corner and chapter 12, I thought I was going to pass out because I was just I'm He's my favorite, dude. I love Majima as a character and I loved him as a character before Yakuza zero and everybody else loved Majima. I'm a Majima hipster. Um, and so just when he turned that corner, I was like, nah, they're actually doing what I predicted and that Majima would be in this game. And then, then when Saijima was there too, I almost fucking lost. I almost had to turn the game off. I was like, I can't do this. And then you fight them and it is the coolest boss fight, man. And they're appropriately difficult because they're like supposed to be like the fucking legends. And like what I also just, it makes it even better because Ichiban is such, he has no idea who the fuck they are. He was in prison, but like, you know, you as the player are like, ah, my boys. And, oh, God, it just it made me so happy. And so, like, that's a minor, not a minor scene. It's a big deal in the game. But, like, it's just like a short thing and you fight them and then Daigo shows up and you're like, oh, my God, Every, the whole gang is here except for Kiryu, who then comes later. Right. But that part was less cool. Uh, it just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I love those characters. And it's one of those things where, like, they didn't get too involved so it wasn't like super overboard. It was just one of those things to be like, yeah, you know, you're a fan. We did this for you. It's like, thank you. I appreciate that because I just, I fucking, I just, I fucking love Majima and I love Saijima too. And like, right. uh, just Saijima's whole fucking arc since Yakuza four is like, Oh, chef's kiss. When you find out when you find out why he went to prison, shit's fucking the most Yakuza ass plot twist of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yakuza. It is. Jesus Christ. Yakuza 4, man. Uh and so then my my number one, if you're gonna play 13 Sentinels, turn the podcast off. Because this is the whole thing. Um there's a lot to this, so it's kind of not really a moment. I guess it's more of a sequence. Uh um, I mean it can be like a whole yeah, that's fine. Th- So the whole game, when they are in their mechs, they're naked and you see this and it's kind of weird. And you're like, why would you be naked inside the mech? I don't get it. And it turns out that they are not in mechs and the world they are in is virtual reality. What they are in are is in pods in space because they are on a spaceship and they are the last 13 humans left alive. They were clones of this group of people who so earth blew up as usual and post-apocalyptic things and uh basically they were they took a space station to go and colonize another planet but as happens with all human things everything went bad and everyone betrayed each other 
But before that, they made 13 clones of themselves and left them living in these colonies that were eventually going to get to another planet and um, repopulate humankind, right? Um, so this whole time they were living in a loop over and over again in these virtual reality spaces until their bodies were strong enough to be released and then they would go and colonize the world, right? And so you find out that like this whole time, nothing that was happening was real. And it's even more mind blowing than all the other plot twists about that, because this whole time they're finding logs from themselves in the future because they think they're in 1980 and it, Oh, just describing it can't even do it justice because of how mind blowing it is after you've played for so fucking long. And then you complete the final mech battle and they are finally released from their pods and they see each other for the first time in real life. And it is so, Oh my God, it's so good. And then they actually leave and they colonize the world and they are the last 13 humans alive and they like pair off obviously, except for one of them. Mm. Uh, And it's just, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And the way that the way they the way they lead up to it is just fucking insane because it, it's just so many things of like first you think it's time travel and then you think it's dimensional travel but then it turns out that none of it's fucking real anyways and it just keeps resetting over and over again and it because it's all virtual space right. And like, uh, oh God, I could talk, I could talk about it forever. There's a, there's a part before that where someone tells them who is outside of the simulation and breaks in to contact them. It's an AI. And they're like, Hey, you should go to the outskirts of the city because there is no outskirts of the city. It just ends. And they're like, well, I don't believe that. And then they go and they see that the city just ends and it, uh, there's just so many things happen all leading up to it being that they are the last 13 humans on earth. Well, not even on earth. They're, they're the last 13 humans period. And they are floating through space and they have finally landed on a colonizable planet after what must've been a ridiculous amount of time. Hmm. And it, it's so cool. So cool. And so, yeah, the cockpits of their mechs are the fucking pods that they lived in. Their real bodies were in. And that's why they were naked, Matt. That's, that's why they were naked. Okay. That, wow. Yeah, that is a that is a good plot twist. Or, and I, I so I just was like, oh man, this is just a vanillaware game. They're just naked because they want you to see the naked bodies. Mm. Nah, man, it actually has to do with the plot. So they 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 my, made the naked bodies and figured out a way. They did figured out a way to they they wrote the plot around yes, it. I'm exactly. sure. Yeah, definitely for sure. <laughs> exactly. Uh. So yeah, that's fucking. Oh. It blew my mind off. I I need someone else to play this fucking game. I need it. Would it surprise you if those are all my favorite moments, Manny? Uh, yes, it would. <laughs> They're not. None of them are. I know. But that would be a great plot twist. I know. How dare you, though? <laughs> the Tinkerer moment is very good, and you saw I it. did. I did. Okay. I, I, well, we'll see what yours are. Uh, my number four is something that I, I had to tell you about after the podcast got over and it was in the pedestrian. 
Mm -hmm. It was the final puzzle, and it's so hard to describe, but I'm going to do my best to describe it. So the entire game, as I said, it's all about just like connecting the signs so that you're basically advancing through the story. You eventually hit a point where now all of a sudden you're you're in like first person and you're controlling like a real human being. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, you get to this final area, and I was just, like, so confused. I didn't know what to do. All I know is I was moving around this area, and there's, like, somewhere in this area, there was, like, the signs, like, you've been dealing with the entire game. And I just keep running around, running around, trying to figure it out, going back to those signs. And then I eventually noticed that, like, things that I was doing in the real world were affecting those signs. And that's how Mm. you solve the final puzzle is you're, like you're moving things around in the real world and then you're able to then take control of the character in this, like the sign world. And then you're the, the two just kind of become intertwined. And I was like, when I figured that out, I was just blown away. I was like, Holy shit. (laughs) Whoever made this game is considerably smarter than me. I would have never (laughs) considered like doing something like this. I was just like, Holy shit. This game goes places at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, my number two uh, is from Ghost of Tsushima, and it's not mm. the moment that I talked about before. What? It's not the uncle moment? No, there's something that just like hit me what? even harder. I did not expect to cry in this game, Manny, oh but I God. did, Jesus. and it's the end of Act 2, which I told you before, like you, you're arrested for using the poison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so then like you're, you're, you break out of the jail. And then as you're getting free, you, you grab your, like the last thing you do is go get your horse. So you get your horse, you get on your horse. And as you're leaving, your horse gets shot with arrows several times. And just the way, like, and then you like run off and and like the two of you kind of run off and just the way it's shot where they just show, they keep showing you on the horse, but the horse is getting, just getting slower and slower and slower and slower until it finally just dies. I'm not playing this game anymore. And I was just like, oh no, this, oh, it was, you can't, it was, they can't, oh, you can't do that to Kage. They, my horse. They kill, no. they kill your horse, Manny. No. And you're just like, I did not expect this to happen. So, like, it, so the final third act, you, you, you get another horse, but it, it's not your horse, Manny. It's just, it's not Kage. No. I can't do this. And, no. And, oh. And there's so many little things they do with the horse where like after like almost like all like missions and stuff, they just kind of show uh, Jin just kind of like resting on his horse or sleeping against his horse or petting his horse. He's always doing something with his horse to just kind of show that relationship. And and it's all just kind of building up to the, the end of act two, basically start of act three where they kill the horse. And it's just it is devastating. I was. That is so. That's so sad. It was so sad. I was just like, "Oh my god, how can you guys do this to me? You you killed my horse." Oh. So yeah, um, that ended up being a, a fantastic moment. And like the way the game ends is great as well with the uncle. But like that horse, just like that sticks with you. And just I think I think if you're not an animal person, it probably doesn't as much. But like you and I, like it would definitely. Oh, I can't. I can't do that, man. <laughs> yeah, like you, you should look at, watch it. Just 
just because like it, it is very well shot oh, just watching yeah. the horse just just getting slower and slower as they're just like they just keep showing these cuts and just yeah it's very difficult uh and then my final one is from the last of us which this was a hard what? one what i knew it was gonna be okay oh shit uh this was a really hard one because there this is a this is a game of moments there like i could come up with five moments uh but wait let me guess first okay the weed smoking scene with the porn. No, I did like that. Oh, dang. I did okay. like, God, what was that? <laughs> what was the porn called? I can't even remember. It was so stupid. It, it was really funny. It was a good joke. Yeah. Uh, nope. My favorite moment was the, uh, after the theater fight and you go back to the farmhouse. Mm. God, I was like, the way it ends is so disappointing. But like, as you're playing that, you're just like, you're happy for the two of them for at least a little bit. They get a, like a mm-hmm. little bit of happiness and just yes, it, it it does. It makes the final part of that game so rough. But I I don't know. Just like seeing their relationship and seeing like they have JJ the baby. And seeing Ellie, you know, she's having those like uh, the PTSD moments. And but one moment that really stands out to me, and it's not even that big of a deal, is uh, at one point, Dina, like asks you to go out into the backyard and, you know, get like something. I can't even remember what it was called. And I just remember going out into the backyard and I or maybe it was the front yard, but it doesn't really matter. I, was, I went in, out to the yard and I just kind of ran around. I couldn't find whatever she was having me look for. So I walked back in the house and the game just instinctively knows to have Dina then say, Hey, I think I saw it last saw it on the tractor. So then you go over to the tractor and it was just like this little like elephant toy uh, for JJ. But like, I, I, I just think like the game recognizing that I didn't find it, I walked back in the house and it just, it felt very natural to have Dina be like, Hey, this is where I lost saw it rather than the game, like directly just like having like an arrow pointing to what I was looking for. I I was just like, man, this is a very well thought out game. And just like this moment, it, it was just a brief moment of levity and happiness. And, and, and I think this is why you didn't like it because it is just such a dark dark and stark game but you have to admit this was one moment where you're like man there like there's at least some happiness in here it is actually that moment reminds me of the end of red dead 2 that everyone else hated that i loved Mm. where you switch to playing as marston and you build his ranch Mm -hmm. and it's just one of those things where it's like oh man everything was so fucking depressing with arthur and now here we are with marston Mm -hmm. and he's like actually trying to start a good life and like trying to do good shit and it just was like yeah it is there a weird like banjo song playing is there's a montage of us building this ranch there sure is and that might not be what you want out of red dead but it's exactly what i want out of red Dead. (laughs) so like it was just yeah it was like a good moment after all the fucked up shit that hit yeah and i feel it really reminds me of this scene in the last of us for sure yeah and like part of me does wish this is how the game ended but like they had their story they had to tell and mm. boy it it makes the final fight in that game so much tougher mm. uh but yeah i i this moment just it sticks out to me in a way 
uh, which I mean, there were a lot of the like it, it for me, I did want to focus on more of the positive moments. And it was this or when they went to, like Joel and Ellie went to the museum. Mm, that was that is a good that one. was another really just like really good moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I yeah, just like I thought this was a really good callback because it was kind of a throwaway line where Ellie asked Dina what she wants in life. And Dina just said she wants to get a she would love to live in a farmhouse. And then you're like, oh, they did it. <laughs> and you're so happy for them. And then you're like, oh, no. It didn't last yes. very long because Ellie was so consumed by revenge. Fucking Tommy, man. Yeah. And Dina let Tommy know. Mm. Yeah. Which you didn't care for Dina, right? No, not really. Um, yeah. Where I, I did like Dina. But yeah, uh, that's uh, those are the the three moments. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the same for me. A lot of Ghost of Tsushima, a lot of pedestrian, a lot of Ori. That's what I was like. Yeah, everything in mind. Everything in mind was like Hades and Yakuza <laughs> and Tony Hawk mm-hmm. and like yeah and Spider Man. So like yeah, I had I had a lot of repeats, and that's why like. I don't know, man. I looking at my list this year, like I just this year was not my thing. Yeah, this was not for me. My my top four, my top, I would say my top six. Like I just feel really good about it. Yeah, I don't feel very strongly about like most of the things I would say. So see, as a I I, de- I definitely felt way stronger about like almost every game on my list last wow. year. I think so. Yeah, where like as a massive Sony pony, this was a great year for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And last year I was profoundly disappointed by Sony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this year Nintendo really disappointed me. I mean, this year Nintendo didn't fucking have anything other than Animal Crossing. And I know how much you love Hyrule Warriors. So. Uh, yeah, that and they, they made the, the Mario. Uh, I didn't even count that. I forgot. And uh, the Pokemon. If the Pokemon DLC didn't come out, I would have played my Switch for two hours this year. Mm, interesting. Which would have been the two hours I played Animal Crossing. Uh, this coming year, 2021, I'm going to play my Switch for 8 million hours because both Disgaea 6 and the new Monster Hunter come out on it. Mm. And they uh, are not releasing the PS4 version of Disgaea in this country. So I have to play it on the Switch. So there's like 900 hours right there. And uh, Pokemon Snap is coming out. Mm-hmm. See? That'll probably be short, but I'll play it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yes. We both will play that game. Super Mario 3D World? Yep. Yeah, yeah. See? The Switch is popping off. Yeah, for me, the Switch is going to be much better in 2021. Mm. Because you're going to play the Skyhead Monster. Yes. I'm not going to play Pokemon Snap or Mario <laughs> 3D World. Um, yeah, so I I don't know, man. I just like looking at my list. I just am like, oh, that's the, what about last year? Though? <laughs> See where last year I said, like, I think last year was the worst year on the, the console generation. Oh, I loved every game, I think. <sighs> Fucking Fire Emblem Three Houses came out last year. Dude. Yeah, and I like that. I know, it's so good. But it wasn't better than any of my top six. Oh, I think it was better than like most of the things I played this year. And uh, oh god, I love Outer Wilds. Um, 
but yeah, I think 2021 is going to be hot mm-hmm. because at the very bare minimum, I'm going to play Disgaea 6 and Monster Hunter Rise. So let's go. And Horizon. And yeah, well, I'm not going to play Horizon. Ratchet and but Clank. I will play Ratchet and Clank. Hitman 3 sounds tight. Yeah, I'm, in. I'm excited about Hitman 3. And that's coming out like January. Soon. Yeah. Fucking Guilty Gear Strive is coming soon, too. Like, I, yeah. Things that I would like to play are coming out soon. Mm-hmm. So maybe next year we'll see a lot more releases uh, because, you know, the people have gotten used to the COVID lives we lead now. Yeah, where like for me personally, we didn't get a lot of great games, but like the ones like high quality for me, like this year was made for me where I feel like last year was made for you. Yeah, last year I definitely enjoyed a lot more and I think I'm going to enjoy 2021 a lot more as well. So we will see. It's because I don't have anything like Cyberpunk to get fucking brutally disappointed by. Oh, Something tells me they could fuck up Pokemon Snap and we'll both be dead. Oh, well, that. that that's I mean, they could definitely fuck up Pokemon <laughs> Snap, but that's I listen. That's it's been it's been so long. Like, I don't know what to expect from that at this point. I, I just that is just ripe for like us to be like, it's so easy. How could you fuck this up, Nintendo? I mean, oh, definitely. <laughs> I, there is a very high chance that Pokemon Snap will be my most disappointing <laughs> game of the generation. <laughs> because like that is just what they do um that is what the pokemon company yes, does yes where you just scratch your head and go like how did you fuck this up it's because they don't know what they're doing no, they don't they have no they have no idea what makes pokemon successful we also could <sighs> get uh breath of the wild 2 next year i yeah i'm not gonna hold my breath but that was not intended to be a point uh, um, right uh yeah i i don't know man it is what the 300th anniversary of Zelda 30th, yeah, 30th. something like that. Um, but if you go by Mario's 30th anniversary, a bit underwhelming to say the least. No. Yeah. I love video game anniversaries now because of Mario and that. So this is random, but then the podcast is so long already, That's fine. but the, uh, the Tales series, it's their <laughs> Oh, what the fuck is it? Their 15th anniversary this coming year, or was it this year? Either way, they said, hey, uh, not much is happening for our 15th anniversary, but the year after Tales of Arise is going to come out. So we'll, we'll just pretend like we're extending the celebration or something. And I was like, guys, that's not that's not how this works. <laughs> like, that's not that's not how that works. But, you know, you you do you. you take as long as you need on Tales of Arise. But like, don't try to pretend like it's happening in the year. It's not like get the fuck, get the fuck out of here with that. So that maybe Breath of the Wild will come out next year because of uh, the Zelda anniversary, but it's also like this what the 25th anniversary of Pokemon as well. Yes, and they're not going to do shit for that, other than Pokemon Snap. So, you know, uh, no, I I actually would not be surprised if they released a new new game. Oh, I would be because they didn't release anything new this year, mm-hmm. and they had a cycle of doing one. Nah. They did the DLC. They did the DLC. And, and you know, they got, what is that game called? I already forgot the MOBA's name. That's how good it was. Wait, that that oh. didn't come out, did it? Pokemon Unite. No, it's coming out for the 25th anniversary. Oh, okay. I see. See? So next year, they got to put that out. That's our hot release. They'll just do another Direct, another Pokemon Direct and show that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone will get really excited all yes, over. Yes, yes. 
Um, I would not be surprised if they had some Pokemon game. See, I would have, I would have said that about fucking Mario. Oh, it has nothing to do with the anniversary. I'm just, I just, I'm just looking at the release schedule and like they've had a game or DLC every year for the last like four or five years. So I guess that's true. I guess that's because they had let's go. And then they had, um, well, I guess it was just two. Well, no, because they had Sun and Moon, the the I don't want to call it a remake or whatever, like Super Sun. Oh, Ultra Sun and Moon. Uh, and then they had the Let's Go Pokemon, like Pikachu Eevee. And then they had uh, Sword and Shield. And then they had Sword and Shield DLC this year. Yeah. And that's all within like the last, you know, probably four years. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's getting to a point where it's too much Pokemon. I would argue. Yeah, maybe they should. Uh, maybe they should pull an Assassin's Creed uh, and take a break. Yep. Take a break. But they never will. No, because it prints money for them. And I'm we're part of that problem. Uh, yeah. Um, but I like them every time. Oh, I do not. No, you don't. Now. I do not now. Uh, but with that depressing and <laughs> and rumination on Pokemon, that is going to do it for us this week. I don't know when I'm going to put this up. Will I put it up today? Will it be Christmas Eve? Who can say? I do know that I'm going to go to the gas station and buy a monster. Uh, because I don't work tomorrow and I'm going to get fucking wild now. Ooh. And uh, with that, that'll do it from us here. Next week, we will be doing, uh, you know, the game of the year shit, the game of the year podcast, which we're going to have some guests. Yes. And we'll see how that goes, because I don't know that my brother is going to be able to do it when we do it, because he has to work until a late time. Mm, um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but if not, it'll be at least me, Matt and Nukio. And Scott. I was going to say Scott, and uh, we might get Justin. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, there might be a hundred people, mm-hmm. and it will be the longest podcast ever recorded. Uh, we're going to go for the Guinness World Record. Um, I, I wouldn't make that promise. Giant Bomb. Oh, Giant Bomb's made like some six hour podcasts. So. Look, listen, this one with just us is almost four hours. Okay. What if we added four more people? Uh, well, I think I'm going to be the the weirdo. At least with like you, Nukio, and Scott have a lot of will have a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. I will be the weirdo with like these weird games. I do not think that me and Nukio and Scott will have much crossover. Really? Yes, I think that. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh Genshin Impact. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we will have Genshin Impact and we will have Hades. And I... Th- uh, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, okay, Final maybe Fantasy more than VII. I thought. Anyways. Uh, yeah, let's not spoil. We, we, have, we have to end this goddamn podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as always, the theme song is Sting Operation by the band Anamanaguchi. Excellent chiptune band. Check them out. Come back for Game of the Year. Or if you just want to hear the regular podcast, come back the week after that. Peace out. <laughs>